When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. If you're a fan of Zane, you've probably heard of some of her New York Times bestselling books like Addicted, Afterburn, and The Heat Seekers. Well, she just created a new podcast with Stitcher called Purple Panties. It's a scripted fiction drama that's sexy and funny about three women who are navigating their personal and professional lives in Atlanta. Hey! <laughs> but more importantly, <laughs> Purple Panties is a story about finding out who you are and living in your truth. If you're a fan of Zane's books, you'll love the podcast. Purple Panties is out now for free on your favorite podcast app. You should check it out and subscribe. Okay! Welcome to the Friends. I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friend Zone. The Friend Show. If he had any gall, if he had any balls, if he had any heart, any soul, he'd say, I decline taking this case, even if it meant walking away. But he ain't got none of that. And that's why he's down there with the other bitch. Now, what, what advice do you have for his daughter? Get a new daddy. daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. Um, you know, once again, I like to take advantage of this moment to highlight black women, okay? And the jewels and nuggets of wisdom that they provide intentionally, unintentionally, but most importantly, naturally, okay? Prime example from none other than the funny bone tickler herself, Lunel, okay? Lunel. Who was pulled over uh, on the side of the road. They whoop, whoop. That's the sign of TMZ. They pulled her right on over to the side of the road and uh, asked her about, <laughs> they asked Lunell about how she felt about Christopher Darden um, taking the job as the lawyer for the gentleman who is accused of murdering Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace to Nipsey. So there's been this huge uproar about Chris Darden taking on this job. Of course. Being his attorney, you know, it just smells like shit. And like Lunell said, when they asked her about it, you know, he's just an Uncle Tom. She said he's actually worse than that. So mm-hmm. then they're in the recent um, weeks or recent days, however, there's been news headlines about his daughter being harassed online um, behind all of this. And she even issued like a very lengthy terms and conditions esque statement um, on her Instagram about her experiences being harassed. And really nobody, we care, but we don't care. You know, it's fucked up that's happened to her, but the conversation is about her sorry ass daddy. And so, but again, even in these times where as a community, okay, we're affected, we're wounded, we're weak, we're weeping, okay? Even in these times, black women like Lunell are still being self-sacrificing and offering gems of wisdom. So when they asked her, okay, what advice do you have for his daughter, even in the midst of her anger, her disappointment, and her disdain, she dug deep. She excavated emotionally, okay? Oh my God. And she was able to pull up the gym. And she told her, 
get a new daddy. <laughs> so this week, again, the message is all about helping others, encouraging, giving them that gentle nudge of encouragement and love. And this week, you want to be able to tell your friends they need to get a new daddy. Women, they need to get the man out of their life. Men, they need to get the man out of their life. Men, they need to get the women out of their life. <laughs> Whoever it is, if you know somebody that needs to make a change, you're going to tell them hashtag what? Get a new daddy. Okay? <laughs> and that's word to Lunell. But when he said the word, Frank, the motion, he was like, <laughs> dig deep and excavate. <laughs> With all of that being said, it's time for the QTNAs, which are questions that need answers Q-T-N-A. and questions that niggas is asking. We're going to make this simple. I like rapid fire style. With that being said, question one, <laughs> if you need a little help with that, it's Uno. Okay. <clears throat> are the rumors true? The loose need gospel gurgler Kim Cracker Barrel Burrell. Whoa. Okay. What? Had gotten an email about conversion therapy and gotten excited. Only to then find out <laughs> it was really about converting to a non-dairy diet. <laughs> Only to find out <laughs> that the conversion therapy oh was God. about converting to a non-dairy diet. <laughs> And then later on that day when she got to the venue where she was performing, they didn't have any little Debbie Nutty bars like they like her rider asked for. And so it had been a long day. And that's why her boots broke. Is that why the boots broke? That's what I want to know. Her and the boots had a long day. It was just too much at that point. Okay. I told you we moving fast this week. Question two. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Like Dora said. Come on, Vamanos. <laughs> Everybody, let's go. Question two. I'm trying to go deep. Go over here. Who can confirm? Okay, I want I want a confirmation, as in your eyes seat it. Who can confirm that last Saturday at the Georgia World Congress Center, okay, there was an animal expo that took place. Oh, no. And backstage, they had one of those big-ass old-school round water fountains with the big round foot pedal that everybody got to step on for it to work, okay? <laughs> And one person kept making it stop before the other person could drink. And when Major Harris, okay, son of Tiny and T.I., when Major Harris looked up to see who the fuck was blocking his Wawa, Brother Nature started to apologize. But then they just stared at each other for about three seconds and walked in opposite directions. (laughs) Who said it? (laughs) Did it happen? Y'all know Brother Nature and Major Harris look alike. Why does the thing everybody (laughs) looks like? Y'all know Brother Nature and Major look alike. (laughs) Okay, question three. This is the the last one. Last one. Which one of y'all said (laughs) that Wendy Williams, now estranged husband, Kevin Hunter, Uh was trying to get into acting and he was excited to score an HBO screen test, right? But when he got there, it was for the Bessie's titty scene. No. Okay, in Bessie. And so that's when the problems between Wendy and him and Wendy had started. Who said it? Y'all know Kevin looked like uh, Queen Latifah in that Bessie's titty scene. The way she was sitting up there. That's how they said Kevin was raising hell and ruling with an iron fist down at the Wendy show. This guy, everybody's scared to death and shit. Who said it? All right. So with that being said, and most importantly understood, I want to welcome everybody to the Friend Zone, which is your look weekly into all things mental health, mental wellness and mental hygiene because who in the hell wants a musty brain i know i don't so we just gonna go ahead and ask you how you doing friend (laughs) oh good so you know what makes me laugh when i when people that work in different companies be like i was listening to the friends (laughs) 
<laughs> At least you know they had a good time. That's the best <laughs> point, right? Glad they can't it's watch it. There's always that part of me that's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they can't watch it. Woo, Jesus. Because that right there. Dustin yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Jesus like be laughing too. Dominoes. I heard him upstairs the other day talking about some <laughs> QTNA. I was like, all right, he got it. <laughs> So before we get started, you know, we forgot to thank Steven from the South Coast Music Group. Thank who you. Who hooked us up with tickets to see yes. the baby at SMB's. Yes. It was a sold out show. Yes. And we still got in, which was awesome. Well, I didn't get to go because my schedule, but the guys it went. Was yeah, fuck. we had you with us in spirit. You did. Mm-hmm. And yes. it was awesome. And I was watching you guys' stories of yes. living through you vicariously. It and amazing. it looked like an amazing show. It he was. brought out Juice World. Yes, yes, he did. Um, And he brought out uh, one of the big babies in costume. That's hilarious. So that was hilarious to see the big baby getting lit. He was lit. His jewelry was lit. The show was lit. And if you thought our stories was lit, imagine what we wasn't recording. Right, honestly. <laughs> it's a great show. Shout out to the baby. And thank you, Steve-O. Yes, thank for you, Steven, for that. Much love to South Coast Music Group. And now let's jump into the Black Business of the Week. So do you guys know a, a young lady by the name of Shannon Boudrum? Yes, I think oh, I do. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my sister, my very good friend, known as Shan Booty Online is releasing a book, you guys, on yes. July 23rd. Shan Booty's book. And it's through HarperCollins. So this is ooh, a big... Ooh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> oh. Y'all are so damn funny. Big time. Okay. <laughs> so y'all know this is a big yes. deal. It's titled The Game of Desire. Mm. Um, so first of all, ooh. shout out to Shannon because yeah. that is a huge feat. Look at y'all's faces. I wish you could see it. You know, that's like perfect so for her. Happy. So I'm like, oh. I'm in right? pupil mode. Look, ooh, <laughs> delicioso. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on her website, which is thegameofdesire.com, and I want to read a little blurb so that you guys know what it's about. Mm. So it says, what up, single ladies? First and foremost, the good news is that you're not crazy. Sociologists, psychologists, and game theory experts all agree that the current dating landscape is trash. I knew niggas wasn't shit. <laughs> and depending on what city you live in, that trash can might just be on fire. Oh. So what are you going to do about it? Wait for the sex ratio to flip? Complain about it alongside other frustrated singles on Twitter? Or are you going to learn how to date with the dominance in these current conditions and have a blast while doing it? The book comes out in July. But your training begins today when you click the links below. So I love it because she has a ton of quizzes that she created herself that kind of let you know your dating style. What are things that you should look for? You know how mm. Shannon is. She breaks yes. everything, the science of dating down. Yes. So I'm very excited about this book. I think it's going to be a game changer. She actually just released the first 15 pages of it online. Definitely hit her up on Twitter at Shan Booty, S-H-A-N-B-O-O-D-Y. To order and find out more, go to thegameofdesire.com. Let's help her get the podcast yeah. that's going to be launching soon. Okay. Let's help her get that started as well yes. as the tour that's for the book signing yes. on the road. So Shannon Boudrum, Shan Booty, The Game of that. Desire, July 23rd. Pre-orders are available now, so make sure you get that book at thegameofdesire.com. Yeah, July 23rd is the day before my mama's birthday. Ooh, let's get it for your mom. And speaking oh, of motherhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of motherhood. Fun. Just for fun. Oh, 
if you want, if you plan on getting some, you need to get this book. Yes. Period. She I, said I'm you have a blast while you're knows. doing it. Look, I know. I'm like, you know, this what, is the, a... you know what the blast is. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see this cover? Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm trying to show I'm you the cover. This. First of all, the website is so cute. But she just looks so good. Don't See, that's you? the cover. It's yes. like a, a deck of cards. Yes. Oh, wait, what happened to the picture? I guess I moved past it, but I want to show you how beautiful she looks. Oh, there we go. Come on, Shan. Yeah. She looks great. And yes. this image was taken by Shameless Maya, Ew, photographer extraordinaire. Y'all know we keep it in the family that's right. ecosystem. So definitely check that out. That's the Black Business of the Week. Shout out to Shan Booty. Shout yes. out to Shan Booty. So proud of you. Amazing. So last week's episode, y'all ready to do the recap? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we had an episode titled The Industry Plant, where we discussed nepotism, greed, and what an industry plant is, as well as the overall state of the music industry. As usual, those of you listening had a lot to say. So who stood out to you, Asante? I want to give a shout out to Marisha, and it's hey. for the library alignment. Marisha! <laughs> I love you guys and appreciate you all being the older siblings I never had. Hey. Thank you for all that you do. <laughs> Listening to the Industry Plan episode. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was hearty too. Uh, like hearty, hearty, like down. it was full and round too. Like, just say you like it. <laughs> listening to the industry plan episode, the library app segment aligned, and it was funny because as a child, my mom was a single mother, and she would take me, take my two siblings and me to the library once a week to get out of the house. Oh, she made an effort to take us to all of the libraries in our city. The three of us are all in our twenties now and still very much into books and expanding our knowledge. I'm the oldest, twenty seven, and only one that has a child. This past weekend, I just introduced my three-year-old to the public library since he's in preschool and understands the library is a quiet place that can be fun. Where we live, our main library is one of the largest libraries in the U.S., and they have an entire building for just children's library. As soon as, in, as, soon as you enter the library, my baby stopped and just looked around and ultimately lost his shit. Uh-huh. Mommy, look at all these books. He made me walk down every aisle. Our library also has a place called the Makers uh, Makers Bar Maker Space. Excuse me. It's a bar in there. <laughs> no, Maker Space for entrepreneurs and creators, where you can screen, print, make buttons, print your books, a what? photo booth, a sound booth, and other stations for creatives. Oh, that's dope. She live in heaven. That. <laughs> and yes. Okay. Okay. Sound like the good place. Right. For, for sure. Cloud <laughs> Community Library. <laughs> and yes, the library stays popping, so I like being at the door at nine nine a.m. when they open, so I can have it to myself. Wow. I was super excited to share the library moment with my uh, son like my mom did with me and my siblings. This will now be a twice a month trip because we enjoy it so much. He's told everyone he's come in contact with about the big library as if it's some hidden secret. And then she sent us photos of him in the library. Oh, stop it. And then, you know, the telescope. So cute. Stop it. So cute. Yeah. You know I'm like in major baby mode after this weekend. Look at us. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, that's all I wanted to share. You know, Marisha, thanks for showing us out and loving us and sharing your moment with us. It was amazing. And your kid is adorable. So cute. What a great moment to share with your son. What about you, friend? What did you find? Are you in the SoundCloud streets this week? I'm okay. I'm in the home turf. So I have two, actually. I don't know if I this is two. South Pow or South Po. It's P-O-W. So South 
Pow Po says, as someone so who pow. works in the library, pow. thank you for shouting out National Library Week. You guys really like that tip. Yes. I was mm-hmm. I saw y'all go up for it. That the library. Happy. The library. So depending on your library, because I live in Dallas, you can also borrow movies, mm. music, TV, and magazines digitally, apparently. Mm-hmm. She says that our system subscribes to Hoopla for movies, music, TV, and Flipster for magazines all connected to your library card, just like the Libby app. So look for the Hoopla app. That's H-O-O-P-L-A. I was going to say Hoopla. (laughs) The Hoopla app. I believe the website is Hoopla Digital. So check that out if you want to include movies, music, and TV, and magazines to your free audiobooks and ebooks that you're getting from the Libby app. And a lot of librarians also tell me that there's a second one called Overdrive, um, which in case you don't find what you're looking for in the Libby app, you can also download the Overdrive. And mm. it's not as user-friendly. I checked it out. But it's more, you know, it's like the more industrial looking one to me, which means that they most likely have everything you're looking for. Oh, it's like yeah. the original version of the app. And then they made the Libby app to be more user-friendly for the millennials. Mm. So definitely download that. So that's Overdrive, Libby app, and Hoopla so that you can have everything you need based on your library card. Thank you so much to South Pole for that. And then the second one is Shauna. Shauna says, industry plant is the perfect term for it. People have a claim to fame because of a good beat and catchy song that really don't care about the craft and are ungrateful, but I don't think we can fault them for it and tell them to stop. I respect their hustle, thought process, and understanding of calculating their moves based on what they know today's social media age wants. It's really sad, but as an artist today, I don't think your traction in the music industry is going to give you the results you want unless you're keeping up with the times, watching what people on social media are attracted to, what people in the shade room comments want to follow. The people that we like and want to see on the top of the charts, I believe, are trying to be more traditional and not really fall into the social media hype. But But in this day and age, you kind of have to. You have to start a challenge, a dance trend, or be over-sexualized to be noticed in the music industry. Challenge. (laughs) Do you guys agree with that? That if you really want to make it, you have to play the game. You have to be out there and create a dance challenge. I don't think that's always the case, but I think that's where we're at in some of the with some of the songs because a lot of the songs you hear right now don't have a challenge but you know there are a lot of those that have come up so I do agree that you can definitely make your way in if you catch you like that like it's easier to get in that way as opposed to just naturally being talented yeah I mean I do think the powers that be or the the gatekeepers the the old gate whatever you want to call it they definitely have a formula that they follow when they see something work for one person, then it, that becomes a formula. They saw the dance challenge work for Drake. Everyone needs a dance challenge. You yeah, know what I mean? They yeah. saw someone, they see Beyonce and long hair and leotard. Everyone has to have long hair and leotard. It's kind of just laziness, I think, in mm-hmm. the industry's part, as far as the labels, not the artists. And sometimes artists feel pressure to to give in to what the label asks for. To compromise. To compromise because otherwise shit. they won't, get the attention, the support, the machine won't be behind them or they won't even get their albums put out a lot of the times if you don't follow orders. That's some True. of the murky waters of signing to a major label. Whereas when you're indie, you can gain traction by being completely authentic because you don't have to uh you don't have to call, like you don't have to what's the term I'm looking for? Conform. Conform or, or you don't have to 
I can't think today. Like water your shit down? Or yeah, there's no one that's giving you orders. Answer to anyone, answer, basically. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's My brain was trying to find those words. You don't have to answer to anyone. Mm-hmm. And that changes the game. That's a different feeling in your body when you're creative, when you can wake up and look how you want, sound how you want. Now everybody has colorful hair and tattoos on their face. You know, like mm-hmm. that's just formulas. That's, That's it why goes. it's so great when, and that also restores my faith in good music simply being good music. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes. Because even though I think a great example of this before I get all the way off track, no, let me please. just stick to this. Uh, I ain't going to crack <laughs> no jokes. I promise you. So I think a great example of this, though, Bodak Yellow. Mm-hmm. Period. Cardi B is a person who everybody doubted. We thought we was going to laugh at that music. And that first mixtape came out, Gangster Bitch Music. We was like, damn, wait a minute. Then when Bodak Yellow came out, it was it just was infectious and good. It was just good. Yeah. And it took off. It had a life of its own and we wanted to see it do well. So I just feel like sometimes, and that's why Cardi is afforded the licenses of freedom she has now to express her, literally express herself the way she wants to in every way. Um, and I love that. That's why it's, that's that's why people chase that moment of right. their song just taking off and being all the legitimacy they need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I hate it when people follow for me. It's just put good shit out and then you can do what you want. I mean, do. honestly, it's hard. I was I just watching. Um, I didn't get to see the whole thing. But, you know, I never watched The Star is Born with Gaga. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen it yet either. So I watched it on the flight home this morning. And now morning. you like the I song, too? Well, I do. I Fred, like ain't it song. a good? Oh, my God. First of all, when she started singing it all, I could think about was you singing. Oh God! I was on the plane laughing. I know the person next to me was like, "This part isn't funny." Um, <laughs> but you know, in the you saw it, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't see it. Mm-mm. Okay, so I didn't see the whole thing. I caught mm-hmm. half, but the part where the label was mm-hmm. trying to get her to have dancers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, "I'm a country girl. I just want to sit at my." piano sing my songs you know exactly how I feel I'm not trying to be an entertainer and so there was that disconnect between what the label expected what they knew was going to work and what she actually wanted to do so that's I think the challenge if you're willing to play the game which there's nothing wrong with it it's up to you it's a choice it's a road or if you want to take the road less traveled which is to make music your way Mm -hmm. and it's up to you to pick Cause it's not an easy road. I'll tell you that much. I see how many of my artist friends didn't want to conform, but now they're like hiking up that damn mountain without mm-hmm. the machine behind them, and it gets really tricky. The other thing too that I didn't get to mention last week, we always say like when you damn. listen back, you're like, damn it, we didn't talk about this. Right? Was people being mad at artists like a Cardi who came in the game and she's just like, I just want to make music that sells, so she's willing to play the game. She'll put on whatever, you know, she has to. She'll work with whoever she has to. She'll have people write for whatever she has to say. And it's not so much of a craft as it is a job, which we kind of did touch on. Mm -hmm. Um, But people find that disheartening in the music industry because they're like, you should be writing your own songs. You know what I mean? You should be sharing your story. The point of art is that you're sharing a perspective, your thoughts. You have something to say, which I saw in A Star is Born. That was like one of the topics, too. <clears throat> that movie was really good. We can, so, that's a, we'll that'll a be a whole that's right? <laughs> <laughs> but do y'all think that's wrong? That somebody in a way is like playing dress up as an artist? No, I don't. 
I, I can see why it can become offensive. Like, I don't write nothing, but I know what to put on, and I am down for whatever I got to do to sell. But that was low-key my point last week about working at a job and someone feeling like they were better at a position than you or they they were should have been offered a promotion or some shit. And it's kind of like, it's like they don't even really want to work here. And it's like, in my mind, I just so happen to be good at this goddamn job, and it pays me money, so hell yeah, I'm going to take the promotion. Right, yeah. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, oh, well, this nigga actually has been here for years, and he needs to get down off my dick, so give him the promotion. Like, yeah. Like if you were offered an award with somebody, and that's why in in rare cases that I can't think of one off the top of my head, it's dope when an artist like kind of know that they shouldn't have won, and they'll be like, "I want to share this with such and such or something <laughs> like that." Because sometimes they know they be like, you know, damn, like, like Macklemore should have given in. See, but. so you know what I'm saying, like, like Adele bent that knee when uh Not bent that when, knee. when when she won King for the album of the year over Lemonade. <laughs> so you she know, was like hold up. So when sometimes when people like when real do recognize real, it's like good, but like it That's do. True. I can see why that shit is so disheartening. It's like damn, you know they make okay music or they working with these top producers, but they ain't did shit. Like what? <laughs> why the fuck they in the room breaking all the records? They've been yeah. out three months. So this is the thing I did want to add from last week. I think it's fine if you want to play dress up as an artist, if you actually are an artist, whatever the path you choose. The part that pisses me off is when the old guard, the industry, the gatekeepers decide that that's the only way they'll let people mm-hmm. in is if you listen to them. That's where it becomes a problem. That's what it has been, yeah. which sucks. But like we mentioned last week, the tides are turning. Yeah. Because you're seeing more and more people, whether you call them industry plants, whatever you want, that are out here creating their path and figuring out I so I love Anderson Pack. He has a song where <laughs> Yeah, first of all, well we'll get there yeah. in the music segment. <laughs> His new project, I was listening to the songs and he mentions that. He's like the labels really tried to make it hard for me, but I broke through. And that happens. Mm-hmm. So he get must those be talking sparks. about how they let him use two A's instead of an AC <laughs> instead of ACK. Oh my god, that's the fight. Justin, <laughs> what'd you find in the Twitter stream? Yes, draw the both. Let's see, draw the both, friend. Um. Okay, so here's something positive. Shout out to Hasva Studio or Hafza H A F Z A Studio, who tweeted, "I would like to share my latest project with you, one which I'm very passionate about. I started teaching batik." I believe you is the pronunciation. Don't blame me if I fucked it up. (laughs) Fabric painting and design to a group of elderly Somali women at my local community. Artists for everyone, no matter what age, background or life experiences you come from. And they attached a short video of, of two beautiful um, older hands of oh, an older woman with hands. beautiful jewelry who was practicing this art. So Ooh, la, la. it just was dope to me. Um, I love wow. it when old people are cool enough to be a part of like a creative project because <laughs> it makes me feel like, you know, you really don't have to lose that part of yourself to, and then, you know, for the sake of being mature. Oh. It's just a little Look personal Look at those thing. rings. Right? Dripping. Came through dripping <laughs> and, and in the nursing home. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that tweet connected with me on all levels. Okay. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Alan Golden Jr., spelled the way it sounds, who said, hey, so my mom witnessed a fight at Costco today. Commotion was crazy, but I'm dying at this self-playing piano scoring the whole moment. And I'm just, <laughs> I, I, so it makes no sense for me to play it for you guys, yeah, but I can describe well, I, I this video. video. You know what I'm talking about? I'll have, I'll have them add a clip of, of audio to it. <laughs> but like, I hear, I, I hear it. I'm telling you, like, this is so funny because there's literally a fist fight and a scuffle and there's a self-playing piano in the background playing his piano notes and it really does sound like they scored it so that's hilarious (laughs) 
And so those are my tweets for the week. <laughs> so you ready to jump into this week's episode? Oh, let's do it. Hey. So people were really going, first of all, Lil Nas X. I, I don't know if he listened to the show. Can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> but Can't he was like talking about, nothing. you know, people's thoughts about how he was using his skills and making videos go viral to make the song blow up. And people were tagging us all week. Doesn't fail the Mystic Zone. So I thought that was really interesting how that fell into place. But he was being really open about it. He's like, of course, I'm going to figure out how to make my videos go viral if that's what I'm good at. Of course, I'm going to milk this, you know? Literally said that. Right. He's like, of course. Like, why wouldn't I? Which is essentially what we were saying. Mm -hmm. And it's a skill set. And he should be proud that he can do it and most definitely put it to use. But there's a lot of cheating. Someone actually tweeted us. I wish I had saved their tweet where they were like, you know, it's crazy that they're jumping on Lil Nas X about this for cheating about us. Well, quote unquote cheating, because I don't think it's cheating. Um, <sighs> right. Cheating to get his song <laughs> right. in the Billboard charts when they're white people who do this all the time. Every day. <laughs> Case in point. Cadillac car from Dreamgirls. <laughs> Got me a Cadillac car. Ooh, I mean, literally. <laughs> look, look. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> I mean, how many examples can we pull up of greater massive scale cheating scandals like, I don't know, the college cheating scandal that <laughs> Aunt Becky and Felicity <laughs> Huffman just got post uh, busted with. So, first of all, have y'all seen footage of Aunt Becky at the outside of the courthouse? Uh-uh. When she was apologizing? Or when she was taking pictures with the people? You mean taking pictures? <laughs> <laughs> taking pictures with fans and signing oh autographs, you guys. Wow. The entitlement. Like, Well, what was she saying? Was she saying, like, write me? Like, was she at least saying that? Like, almost like, you know, I'm No, my- she was like, hey, y'all, thanks for coming down type wow. of vibe, you know? And then she also like pleaded. Yeah, like, if it was like a absolute meet and greet outside the courthouse. <laughs> Out, stunned. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but it was like the audacity, <laughs> the caucasity. It really just blew me because mm-hmm. I'm thinking you should be mortified. Ooh. You should be embarrassed that you did this. Now your child's career is over. If you go on her daughter's uh, YouTube and Instagram, it's just people being like, damn, wish my mom could pay for my college. <laughs> So basically her social media is destroyed for now. I don't know if she'll make a comeback, but apparently she didn't have anything to do with it and didn't know. I don't know. But I will say this is something that I took very personal because being someone who did manage to bust my ass and get into private Mm -hmm. school, when I was there, I do remember the... how much of a challenge it was to be taking the train. Shout out to Claude Kelly. I always mention him. We would take the train and commute for an hour to then walk up a hill because uh, mm-hmm. we didn't have a car. Those Riverdale Hills. Mm-hmm. And if you've been in that area, you know, that's mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty big hike. And the school itself is huge. The school you is huge. You know what I mean? So they call them the hill schools. It's these three private schools. Riverdale, uh, Fieldston, Horseman. I went to Riverdale. And it's a hike. You literally get to class sweaty. And then here come your peers with their drivers they pulling pulled up. up. You know what I mean? And that, hey, that's just the way that it goes. But to think, you know, the privilege that they had. First of all, we know where a lot of the privilege comes from with the way that this society is structured. So that's already another conversation. But to think that they are abusing the privilege in ways like this. Where I remember there were students that used to make me feel like I didn't belong there. 
you know, like that I was lucky to be a part of it. Meanwhile, who knows who really had merit-based entrances yeah. into these who was schools. really the lucky one Hello. to be there. And you remember when you used to take exams, the kids that got extra time? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or who wouldn't be there because their doctor got out and they ha- they were able to take the exams in like a different location yeah. that would cater more to the energy that they needed to be around to take the exam. Just things yeah, like that. Yeah, what kind of shit was that? Could you imagine? You mean the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know what we're talking about, federal prosecutors say that 50 people took part in a scheme that involved either cheating on standardized tests or bribing college coaches and school officials to accept students as college athletes, even if the student had never played the sport. There was one parent who they actually showed photoshopped his the, kid's the, uh, face. Uh, was it look for what, what, what was the it sport? Was, like was it lacrosse or, or something? something? <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. Could you believe that? And that was, so Felicity Huffman, who was an actress that I love. Me too. She's always mm-hmm. seemed to be an ally, you know, feminist ally. I've been part of a lot of different orgs. Mm-hmm. And she just got one of them white faces for white women that is like trustworthy. I don't know yep. what it is. It's so <laughs> yeah. about Felicity Huffman. She just looked like a, a good white person. Well, you know she what I'm saying? Well, like, she, she, did. Did. she did. She did. You know? And she was on American Crime. Yes. Yep. Going in too. But and remember the role she played <laughs> in that school on American Crime. Remember what the role was that she played at that school where there was like a whole like yes. That, but that's why this look at art imitating life. <laughs> now I will say she released a, an apology recently that mm-hmm. was she took complete accountability, admitted she was ashamed. That what she did was wrong. She felt bad for, you know, the shame she had brought onto her family, especially to her child, and admitted that this was terrible, that she would use their privilege to quite possibly take the spots of kids and families who work really hard to try to get into these positions. So I thought it was very well written. Her publicist is on point. Yes. <laughs> but then you have Aunt Becky. <laughs> doing a meet and greet outside the courthouse <laughs> and apparently she uh, her husband is Massimo yeah, so yeah. you know those target, jeans target target jeans so they got money on top of yeah. money on top of money and she pleaded not guilty mm-hmm. can you believe that? mind you they have all sorts of now I ain't saying trust nobody's investigation but these are we talking about a certain type of people here so we got, <laughs> I mean it's like you know they we trust Damn. what they got to say about each other. So, uh, but they said that these people have like so much evidence, cooperating it's like witnesses, years worth of investigation. Varsity Blues, baby. Mm. They Damn. said they started at Periwinkle and now it's Navy. <laughs> so my thing is, you might as well just come on with the come on. You see what Felicity doing? You know what I'm saying? Because you know what time it is. They gonna tear Lori Laughlin's ass up. It's a lot of people still mad about it not being no real black people on Full House. So True. she got to come in any motherfucking way. You know. What I'm saying, it's just what it is. And you see that the she thought that the DA was bluffing yeah. with the plea deal that he offered, and yeah. he absolutely was not. So now apparently she has even more charges she'll be facing because she did not take that plea deal. White people entitlement. I'm telling you, she For thought real. that money was going to talk. But you know, I will say low key, I don't think they're going to do any time. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think so either. They're white women. I just what I'm saying. Like they're not doing any time. And even if they do do their time, where are they going to do it at? Um, what's the name of their rehab facility? Everybody goes. <laughs> to Horizons. <laughs> what's it called, friend? You know what for a rehab facility the I'm talking about. Hollywood. The one everybody goes to. That's probably where they're going to put them bitches. Like in the, uh, they're going to be like, what? Yeah, it ain't going to be no one real. They ain't gone. going to uh, Riker. They ain't going to put her where no Remy way. was at. Hell you know what I'm saying? No. 
saying? No. Like, but I, first of all, you know what amazed me? So they say this was all orchestrated by William Rick Singer, who's mm-hmm. the CEO of a college admissions prep company called The Key. Because, wow, I can't. The Key. Mm-hmm. So Singer pleaded uh, guilty to four charges Tuesday and admitted that everything the prosecutor accused them of is true. So... This one, like I said, it was one to cheat on the SAT or ACT. First of all, I'm horrible at test taking. Are you guys good at test taking? Well, I got a really good ACT score. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I had so. I had yeah, strong no. scores, but I was, um, you know, when you do like the practice it. rounds, like that thing used to give me so I much hated anxiety. That too. Just put me in the testing room. I ain't got yeah. time for all that PSAT shit. Like the buildup. Like, just, yeah. just let me. I hated those practice tests. Yep. Let me okay. eat some oatmeal that morning. <laughs> And just go to the test. That's all I need. I'll even crunch in that crunchy ass Nature Valley bar at the, at the damn testing center. Oh they always used to God. give me them. I'm like, why are y'all giving this out? It's this is not a do- in the green. Why? They used in to the say that. Like, oh, the oats. I'm like, yeah. the and, then, oats. and then some places they would give you orange juice to go with it. Why would I want OJ with this grainy ass, oaty ass fucking bar? I was it's like, it's not working food. for me. <laughs> I mean, the juice was good because you ate that dry ass bar, but I was like, and also, let me just say this and then we're going to get right back on track. Mm -hmm. It was always that little cup of orange juice with the foil top that you had to peel oh, back now, the juice, and that was froze a little bit that was Come the only now. good part credit <laughs> where it's due but the juice was the only good part credit though. where it's due the that juice, juice was the hit. only good part that juice with the foil peel back cap yes. hit different go ahead friend I can't so they said that some parents paid between 15,000 and 75,000 first of all I'd be mad to find out someone paid 15 when I paid 75 ain't that fucked up that just mean your kids was a little dumber than the other people's kids oh. <laughs> that they, they, they was some people with the real dumb kids that play right. 75. <laughs> but imagine. It like, it's going to be hard to yeah, make this like, shit happen. For this shit for brains, 75K. <laughs> I wonder if they even charge them based on their brains or based on how much money they could get from them. Low key is like a sliding scale, <laughs> right? right? You like, well, look, you Massimo. Case you by case, us. right. That's the game, baby. Because I think they said Lori Lachlan paid 500000 Exactly. And her, she was on the high end. Right. Dumb. Wasn't her, one of her daughters the one that said, I don't want to do this shit no yeah, way? Yeah. On YouTube, they have video clips of her being like, Fuck this school. Just dumb. <laughs> I just pictured and the Michael cool. Jordan picture where he's like, fuck them kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this school. And now that school said, fuck her back. <laughs> so they were paying for uh, the 75000 per set per test to help their children get better scores. So basically the moderators of the test were changing their answers. Can you, but like, this is a thing. We all knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a tale as old as time. But I think when you see it like this yeah. in your face, it just hurts. It's jaw dropping. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Mm. Oh my God. So <sighs> this is, Apparently, they had bribed the test administrator. So this is like a long line of executive orders that are coming from God knows how many years back and how high up. But I am wondering, I'm looking through the case now. Oh, yeah, look, they're saying Lori Lachlan paid 500000 to have her two daughters as designated as recruits to the University of South, Carol- South Carolina. They did not go to no South Carolina. Okay. It is so- today, dumbass. <laughs> they went there and think it's South Carolina. <laughs> Them dumb bitches on Becky had on the roster. <laughs> they thought they was in South Carolina. The University Dang. of Southern California <laughs> USC crew team. But apparently, I'm trying to drive the boat. Crew, crew team, team friend. That's what it was. They was on the, the crew team. team. Yeah. <laughs> like, girl, you know you is not out here doing that. 
Now, don't make me turn crew with y'all. Really want me to cut up? I'm gonna turn crew into an acronym. Don't make, don't make me. Oh, Lord. Don't make me. No. Decide. no one's making you. But neither of Lachlan's daughters ever competed in crew. So here's the thing. And it says instead the parents send photos of each other's daughters on a rowing machine. Where, like at the gym, <laughs> at Equinox, <laughs> CrossFit. But here's the thing. They're saying the kids weren't aware, right? You know you didn't do crew. Well, we are talking about some dumbass kids. No, they come might on. not know. No, they come might on. not. <laughs> they went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every every yeah. Mm-hmm. But see, I don't even know if the kids are necessarily dumb all the time either. Because sometimes their parents might just be like, "Let me just pay for this," because you know, you know, we we these we these people like let's just go ahead and pay for this because you we have money, right? Let's pay for this. And here's the thing: we kind of touched on this last week when we were talking about Chance, the rapper, and his parents being connected, which I love Chicago. Chicago, uh, our Chicago listeners, because y'all got in our asses, like, don't you dare talk Chance the Rapper. Royalty. But I love Shot-town it. Royalty. Defend your hometown hero. You know That's what I right. mean? And I love the perspectives that you guys shared. And obviously, we weren't saying he is an industry plant. We were sharing the information as journalism of what the conversation right. surrounding industry plant and why his name always comes up. Well, y'all right. asses said, in other words, that's what Fran ain't going to say. You the one said it. No. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing. <laughs> Obviously, we are all working really hard. So like I said last week, our kids have a way more easeful experience in life than we have had. Mm-hmm. That is the goal of everyone. Generational curses, all that. We're trying to break all of that, especially with generational wealth. But here's the thing. I don't want to put you in a position where you're boxing other people out because of my privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's where shit changes. This is a world where it is based on money. Uh, cream rules everything around. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just the reality. So I want to be on an even playing field where if school is $50,000 a semester, my kid gets to go to the one that he actually wants to go to because I have the money and not the one that he has to go to because it's the one I can afford. I had to do that and ended up at a school that I was like, I hate this place, but I had no choice. I had to do what I had to do. So that's what I mean about creating a more easeful experience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that because I have $500,000, I'm going to be paying testing administrators to change your exam so that you can take the place of a child who busted their ass and did better on the exam because I pay them off. You know what I mean? So I think like that, I just want to make that clear. We were talking about how to use our privilege Mm -hmm. for our children. But here's the thing that kind of killed me about this case. They were like, what did Singer do with all those massive payments? He disguised the bribe payments as charitable contributions. How low can you go? To the key worldwide foundation, a nonprofit that he used to launder the money the parents were sending him. Can you believe that? Yes. He should have just did what everybody <laughs> else did and opened up a hair salon. <laughs> like, what's wrong? Everybody knows if you're going to launder money. Everybody knows if you're going to launder money, you need a cash business. <laughs> Come on now. Everybody knows how this goes. Or a number hall. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a number hall. <laughs> Run numbers, you know. See, it's easy. Is, but all this is like white stuff. That's why I'm like, just, that's why I can't even fault the kids necessarily. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about these people have probably paid their way their entire lives and pr- prior to their parents and their parents. Right. Their so parents. it's like, they're just like, oh, let me just throw this money in and get this. And it's like, they don't care who they hurting in the process. They don't care if their kids are actually smart or motivated. The girl was talking shit about the school on her YouTube channel. Child. Like, why are you even Open. there? Why couldn't you at the very least be like, Fuck that school. like, mom, pay for a school I want to be at. 
Like at the very fucking least. Because you dumbed in a motherfucking <laughs> box of rocks. Stop it. And you don't have no logic and reasoning. But that's why. You bring up an amazing point. If yes, your kid is dumb. dumb as rocks, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that's I mean, the word. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. I mean, <laughs> a box of rocks. Okay. Why not pay, use that 500000 for a t- for a tutor for programming exactly. you gotta put them exactly. in the camp like why not try to cultivate the experience that will help your child through their learning processes what is it maybe they have ADHD maybe there's dyslexia what is it like let's figure it out why right. is this something that you're struggling with and who knows it might not be any of those things maybe right. they just don't have it might be simple the discipline yeah and it very well might be simple well I mean not simple but you know she probably pay for them to go to that school because a, a family connection or something like oh you know that was Which my alma mater so you have to go here mm-hmm. and it's like why are you spending all this money doing that like and like you said it's a simple like fix that's actually gonna help them long term She's just thinking like, oh, well, we got it like that. So this is what we do. Because in my mind, white people, that that's just what they be doing. They that's think that's just okay. Move. And it just takes <laughs> me back. I remember I told you guys, I had this convo with Maya where I had been part of a huge campaign with a big brand. And I remember stepping into the room with the, with the agency that was repping the brand, right? They're the ones I had to create like all the creative and the boards and my outfits so they really thought that I was going to come in and they were just going to decide <laughs> the campaign for oh, me hell no. exactly oh. then then I walked in um, but what amazed me was just how bullshitty it was I remember telling Maya like these white girls are getting paid so much money yes. yo I remember walking out of there so blown because I was like they literally were like, oh, yeah, so like, you can, oh, wait, let me not make for the voice. <laughs> Look, I, I'll do it for you. Can I tell you before you continue? Came out what? So swift because I went to school with them. But yeah. they were like, here's the jacket you're going to wear, and here's this, and here's that. And I was like, that's terrible. You literally pulled that out your ass as I walked in, and you could tell. But they got paid so much more money than I got paid, you know, because I brought the, the street cred, the black uh, market. You know, I, I basically brought the coolness mm-hmm. to the brand, but they're the ones that got paid the real money because they were the quote unquote brains behind the campaign operation. And I was like, that sucks. That changed the game for me. After that, I never allowed people to do my creative. That's why you see I hire my own teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I know it's a black dollar. Like I yep. get the black photographer, the black audio, black lighting, black stylist you name it I'm and like somebody's homegirl's niece or yeah, something that because they're trying that's to so, put on that's so unfair to me you know that, that there's that like um inequality in wh- how money is distributed even in simple things like an online campaign yeah and that kind of like fucked me up a little bit when I peeped that game and that charade and I was like never again but so obviously that's just in campaigns but this like really blew me and the crazy part is that Singer said that nonprofit where he was laundering his money was to help lower income students of course he did dirty ass dog white devil (laughs) racist dog of course he did he said lower they showed one example of a receipt he had given to a parent who had paid 400k and it said I want you to make sure that our stories are the same and that your 400k was paid to our foundation to help underserved kids the Balls. It says that. I want you to make sure our stories are the same. <laughs> like, make sure Damn. you get this shit right. Motherfucker idiot. Like, my heart. I hope they wear his ass out in prison. But I don't Literally. think they are. I, right. Do y'all really think that these people are going to get in trouble? 
No. I don't really think so. Well, they might. They didn't kill. The only reason that I think there's a possibility that they may get in trouble is because they didn't kill no black people. So <laughs> if they kill black people, we know they would get off. But in this case, wow. since they didn't, you know, there's a chance that they might be clinking them bars. There's a chance. If they get in trouble, do you know how I'm going to feel? I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Because I'm going to be shy. Like, I'm going to be a little shy, but I'm going to be like, well, good. Because, like, it should actually be this way. But I'm not going to be surprised if it's like everybody gets off or Miss Trump. Oh, okay. Like, hmm. Hopefully, well, karma is on our side, too. I pray because so. Because they did that dirty shit like that. It's one thing for y'all to get. Let's keep it real. It's one thing for y'all to get away with the scam or whatever. <laughs> but when you start adding those layers in where you are doing things like that, saying it was for, you know what I mean? Undeserved, Undeserved kids. That kind of shit is where the real uh, malice lies. You know Ooh, what I mean? The deception. And I don't want to harp on this, but I keep thinking about it. Forgive me for not having accurate details, but the lady who I believe was in Texas, who they jailed because she was using someone else's address so her kids could go to that yes, school. Yes, thank you. Like, I think about thank shit so like that. You that know what up. I mean? And that's what sets me on fire when it comes, because I don't give a fuck about this. Who used her mother's you know? address yeah. to try to get her child in a better district. They found out. And didn't she do hard time? Yes, too? they jailed her. Yes. And then even, I mean, this is unrelated, but it is in the sense of a harsh punishment for something that is undeserving where these people are probably going to walk. The other lady who I can't remember if she was in Texas or Mississippi or where she was, but she didn't realize that she was violating her pro- her probation by voting or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. even like situations like that. Mm-hmm. These people literally did nothing. nothing. And they are getting the harshest set of, of, of punishment available for them. So that... I really hope that the scales are a little bit more balanced in this case. Mm. And I hope they go to jail. And I know what else may be on our side, and then I'm going to let it go. <laughs> the pompous, arrogant nature of Aunt Becky for A, uh, thinking they was playing. I don't playing. know why that bothered me. B, right. I that, that, to my spirit. That runway, <laughs> sidewalk, paparazzi show, all of that Yo. shit, and pleading not guilty. I hope that offends the powers that be and they really take that into consideration when they sentence her ass. I don't want Felicity to get the hammer, but I do want uh, Lori to get it. Mm. Sorry. That really like irked my nerves. And then, so remember, okay, so that's the, the college cheating scandal. We kind of touched on Firefest when it was happening. Remember when he, same thing, he's just a white boy out here getting hella money for a festival that <laughs> wasn't even really happening. But here's the thing. He got like $26 million, mm-hmm. right, from investors. He could have made the festival happen. Exactly. That's the craziest part. So it's like, part. what the fuck? Because you, you know what? He was wasting it. Wasting it. <laughs> like, living then, in a penthouse. And then because we just talking about the jail, mm-hmm. like at the end when they, you know, he had done time or whatever, when they showed him in the penthouse and they were like, oh, dang, you know, where'd you get all this money from? He's, <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker, like he still got this money. Like he still has money probably like stashed away. Of so course. it's like white people just like And they say even, if, even when he was waiting for sentencing, apparently he had created another scam. Did you see where he was selling fake Coachella tickets? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. made like $100,000. Some uh, NYC VIP thing mm-hmm. where funny enough, well not funny enough. That wasn't my funny, emails. But he was targeting the same people he had targeted with Firefest because he already had their emails in the database. I can't. And he's only going to get six years, which, you know, he's probably not going to do either. He gonna, he's still going to be in that penthouse. That's OK. He's going to come out looking like one of the members of NSYNC anyway. So he'll get paid <laughs> back one of the one way or the other. <laughs> so then lastly, remember we were talking about Elizabeth Holmes 
the creator of Theranos. Mm-hmm. Remember I was talking to you guys Theranos. about that? Yes, Theranos is a portmanteau. Mm-hmm. Portmanteau? How do you mm-hmm. pronounce that? Portmanteau of <laughs> therapy, of the words therapy and diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So Theranos. And she is the fraudulent <laughs> blood testing startup. She was the world's youngest self-made billionaire with mm-hmm. a company called Theranos that was valued at $9 billion. DC born. Hey, DC. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They City girls from the 202. Okay. <laughs> but her parents had a lot of connections in the political world. I think her mother worked in Congress. No, she was part of the committee. Hold on. I have it written down here. She was part of the committee for Congress. Her parents were connected to the people that were affiliated with the World Bank. Her father, her grandfather was Charles Fleischman, who was an innovative manufacturer, uh, manufacturer of yeast. Mm-hmm. Fleischman's yeast. Fleischmann's mm-hmm. yeast. Wow. I can He's, see the package right now in my head. That's hello. what my mother used to make her homemade rolls. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. That's long money. Mm-hmm. That's money forever. And he has patents to this day involving yeast production machinery. So he single-handedly revolutionized baking and the mass consumption of bread. Bread. I can't say if that sound like bread. bread. <laughs> So she comes from, you know, a lineage of money, even though I was reading that her family through all the years, they blew that money. So she actually doesn't have any of it. But, you know, they come from. I know. Could you imagine? I would be pissed when it gets to me and y'all blew it. I'd be cursing them out all the goddamn time. Like, shit, you ain't got else to lose. Shit. Right. So here's what she did. She uh, created this company called Theramos. You hear me, Theramos? Thanos. Doing the most. Thanos. You know, Crystal said that. She was saying that the whole time people were talking about Theranos, she thought it was Thanos. That's what I thought for a second. I thought it was Theraflu. (laughs) So here's what she did. Through her fear of needles... She pitched while she was at Stanford this idea that a few droplets of blood pricked from the tip of your finger (laughs) and not those, you know, those butterfly needles that they'd be using that are just Mm -hmm. so overwhelming when they get the pints of blood. Mm -hmm. She was like, most people have a fear of needles. Think about uh, children that don't want to have to deal with those needles, how overwhelming it is for them. Cancer patients that have to have their blood taken out regularly Mm -hmm. to uh, see how their regimens with medication need to be modified or changed. You know, there are just certain people that have to do with blood being taken out and it's just not... It's just not... What's the word I'm looking for? I clearly can't think today. My brain is like... Optional, negotiable. Um, No, it's it's not... not, um... It's, it's not feasible yeah. to have it done regularly with those butterfly clips yeah. because they're just overwhelming. So viable, it me- viable, viable. Thank you. <laughs> this is what we're friends. This is why we're friends. So she pitched that pricking your finger. Can you imagine if you go to the doctor and all they have to do is boop, prick your finger and we're able to take out labs just I from wish. that? Just from that small sample. Now, she had a teacher at Stanford who told her it was impossible (laughs) and was like, this is never going to happen. Because apparently for different ailments, you're going to need to process the blood differently. Mm -hmm. And taking a prick is just not big enough of a sample. The teacher was like, you seen the episode of Black Mirror too? (laughs) (laughs) And she still did it anyway. Well, she just felt like you're not a dreamer. You're not thinking big enough. Mm. This is something that I am going to create. Granted, that is a tricky position to be in because imagine someone like a Steve Jobs being like, I'm going to create this phone that swipes up and it's like, it's never going to happen. But he did. He created so many things. So I understand that murkiness of like 
doesn't exist could exist. Right. Are you the game right. changer? Are you right. the innovator? Who knows? So I get how, you know, there was that element of I'm going to be the one to make it exist. Right. So she did have someone by the name of Channing Robertson, who was the advisor and dean at her school of engineering, who actually believed in her, was like, you're going to be the next Steve Jobs. And he became the board member and even introduced her to venture capitalists. She ended up getting Rupert Murdoch. What? Rupert Murdoch, you guys, who is the executive chairman of 21st Century Fox and many other things. He... Donated $125 million. Shit. Okay. Sweet so let's just start there. <laughs> Sweet Weezer Rupert. <laughs> you such us. You know Betsy DeVos? Yeah, I our hate that Secretary bitch. of Education. <laughs> I fucking hate her. She She's comes a from demon. a very wealthy family, and yes. they too donated mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this. She would. The heiress, you know about her? Mm-hmm, of so you know about the yachts and all I that know shit. Everything. I fucking I I I wish her. I'm not even gonna do that because I know you don't like that kind of negative stuff. So let's just move <laughs> on. Let's just move on. But I fucking hate her. Go ahead. The heirs to Walmart, mm-hmm. Sam Walton to be exact, donated. So she was able to pull from 2004 to about 2010 around 96 million dollars. Wow, a true city girl. Honestly. (laughs) Fucking on a scamming ass rich ass nigga. So even though that teacher told her, you'll never be able to make this. (laughs) And then she ended up having, uh, she ended up having a huge lab that was bought for her from Silicon Valley with 800 employees, you guys. 800 employees. Waste of resources. To try to make, so she was making this machine where she called it the Edison. And so, the Edison, which ironically named after Thomas Edison. <laughs> which the jokes write themselves. <laughs> so I was like, stop if it. If you've been to school, you laughing right now, period. Shout out to Nikola Tesla. <laughs> like, I can't Woo! even deal. The jokes write themselves. Oh, my God. So she creates this machine called the Edison. And it's a device. <laughs> I'm dead because here I wrote, who stole electric power. <laughs> So she she creates this device called the Edison. It looks like an Apple printer. She had like an obsession with Steve Jobs and Apple products. And so the way that it works is that it had it had a robotic arm inside of this Edison. It looks like a little printer that exactly just like that that mimicked what chemists did in a real lab. So she felt that. You imagine that mimicked. That mimicked. <laughs> Keyword. This bitch got a fake lab tech. She got an electric lab tech in a box. An easy bake oven lab tech and thought she was doing it. So you would go to Walmart. Sounds Edison ish. Sounds Edison ish. We still on, te- We're on still track. on brand. Right, right. So she, so she basically <laughs> sold this idea that by that little prick of blood that would go into this Edison machine and it would diagnose in real time. Two up to 200 plus conditions in a matter of minutes. Okay, so that was the pitch that she got $96 million. And later, and this was like within the first couple of years, she ended up almost having a billion dollars. Wow. I think in total her investments like, were seven hundred million. Like all wrong. I need to be a scammer. Seven hundred million dollars people invested in something that was never actually created and there were articles it kind of reminded me of the of remember when we had the ip the intellectual property Mm -hmm. episode so what she was telling the investors was she couldn't share 
the information because it was a trade secret. Granted, Damn. that's true. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, I'm that not going to tell you how the machine works so that you can go and recreate right. it elsewhere. You know, so I get that part, how she kind of was able to finesse them. But, dog, $700 million for something that never worked. And they had 800 employees. The part that kind of confused me was that you have 800 people in these rooms seeing that this shit don't work and nobody was like, why are we here? Right. <laughs> now yeah. one person was like, what are we doing? This no. isn't a real product. <laughs> and the guy was saying how dangerous it was. He was like, there was like blood being shot out everywhere. Oh my God. Yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking like, so everybody using the same needle? Is it disposed every time? Like, He said the robotic arm was knocking over shit and there was like people's bloods that had been, you know, mm-hmm. that were ready for diagnosis in the lab were like, Falling and cracking and breaking. Like he said it was super dangerous and they're working in this machine that does not work. But meanwhile, she's on the cover of all these magazines. <laughs> wow. She I think she was on Forbes for being the world's Ooh, youngest self-made plops, billionaire. Plops, but these scientists are in the lab looking at this machine, like, yo, this is based on nothing. Like it's not even <laughs> real. Wow. I got problems up to here. I got people in my ear telling me them crazy things that I don't want to hear. She literally was like, so what is it? Do the, oh, wait, no, we can't shout him out no more. I was going to do the fraud line, but he's canceled. Oh, absolutely not. Never as mind. Much, as much as I wish I could, I am definitely not doing that every right. weekend. Fuck so, that nigga forever. <laughs> So this writer by the name of John Carreru of the Wall Street Journal, he was reading a profile that the New Yorker, there was a profile on the New Yorker about her. That's how big shit was getting. And he was like, something about this is sus. You know, he kind of got that ping in his body. He was like, how is it that a 19-year-old college dropout, because I forgot to mention that, she dropped out of Stanford after two years, only doing a semester or two of chemical engineering. (laughs) which you would need to have a background in to be able to create this project. Which is why she would have understood from the beginning. At the very very least. least. At the very least. Which is why she would have understood from the beginning why it wasn't going to work. Like her teacher told her. (laughs) (laughs) So he read the profile and was like, this is bullshit. Started investigating, kind of like, you know, being like, let me find out a little bit more about this chick. And he received a tip from a medical expert who basically told him that device doesn't work. So through some more prodding, he started a like month long investigation and he was able to find some of the workers that were in those labs. Obviously, it was whistleblowing because they had signed NDAs where they legally were not allowed to speak on it. But they told him, we're literally in that lab with broken machines that Edison does not exist. But she is on the cover of every magazine she was, you know, being hailed as the new Mark Zuckerberg, new Steve Jobs, innovator of the century in the healthcare system. Can you believe this? $700 million. Rupert Murdoch. She even had Henry Kissinger. What? Her board was made up of all these politicians and like really uh, high ranking officers that are like military based. So it's very like government. And yeah, it makes you Stay think. Woke. This is very odd. Stay woke. Yeah, and I have a lot more questions. A lot of questions on why that would be the board of because a had that bitch product. been telling the I'm calling everybody bitches. It's I too, see. By the way. You're gonna get me in trouble. Yeah, well, I'm gonna take the heat because everybody that did it was wrong. <laughs> so I'm cussing everybody right. out this week. 
Furthermore, has she been telling the truth and really been able to produce this machine that like revolutionized science? You know, the government regulations would have been coming down right next on how it was going to be used. They would have regulated all that, all the um, clearances they would have had to get. All that shit is basically payola, just like that college admission shit. They were going to start expecting payouts to get certain things regulated federally or whatever the fuck. That's why that board was comprised of who it was. Because, like, again, they didn't know she was full of shit. Right. So they thought that this was something good or something legitimate, which would have then beget them to get in Naples to get in formation. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? To catch it early. And it just shows you how all of this works. Look how they're doing weed. But go on, go on, go on, <laughs> go on, go on. But I think the biggest thing, similar to the college cheating scandal, is that it was all—she got this far based on connections. Yep. You know, her father having affiliates at the World Bank— um, her dean of students being <laughs> being able to connect that's her with day. venture capitalists, that, you know, Rupert Murdoch, like that's you know, it's just like we we spend so much time trying to dream and not having resources or access, and then white kids just get to make shit up, yep. <laughs> and yeah, and boom, here seven hundred million dollars. Can I say something? Can I say something? This is going to sound really petty, but there are sometimes when I'm watching movies and it's like, um, okay, so like really fast side note, did you watch Guava Island? I saw clips, but I didn't get to see it. Okay, so it was just funny, you know, to hear the narrating at the beginning, but I always watch these movies where it's like the white family narrating to the child and it's like this tale of you can do whatever you want. Like they mean that shit. So like, like that's full real for them. So like, even something as simple as watching The Hills. Like, I was always obsessed with watching these white girls, like, have life handed to them. Like, in my mind, I'm watching, and I'm like, y'all have done nothing. And I'm not hating. I'm literally just fascinated by the fact, like, they're going to work at People's Rev and might not even have the best fucking taste in the world. Like, they just are in these rooms. And I'm looking, and I'm like, you know what? I just really have to live in the fact of knowing that shit like this exists and really just be careful around it. And so when we watch movies like... um what was the Firefest doc um, mm-hmm. with his ass? Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and his tramp ass is out here making all sorts of businesses with fake cards, with a fake lifestyle club in New York fucking city. I'm like, y'all are in New York City and this motherfucker has scammed the, these cards and shit. I'm like, this is some white people shit. Like, I can't even think of getting there because I'm still thinking of how to like get my bills paid and keep the family good. These people don't even have to think about that. And so it's kind of disheartening at times, but it's also also kind of just dangerous to watch. Like it's like, mm, glad I'm not it's all just up in that. Fascinating to me. Yes. And how people choose to use their privilege. Like you already have privilege and now you're gonna be deceitful on top of the privilege. Like levels to this shit. So long story short, obviously the machine <laughs> the machine was a bust. The longest story. But she got it in Walmart. You guys, this Edison machine was in Walmart. Which Walmart? Do you know where it was? I don't know. I mean, it was no, like multiple right. locations. Oh, it was a ton of. That's was, what I'm saying. It was produced. It was, it was in Walmart. Wow. You could go and get your Theranos real time diagnosis with the Edison Damn. lab machine in Walmart. Right there next to that little arm machine. And they Damn. were and they were gonna uh, start start um, my brain today. They were gonna start posting it in Safeways. Safeway. So this is insane, you guys. Think about this. It's a machine that doesn't exist. <laughs> she got it in Walmart. Taking blood from people. Like at like literally taking everything you got. Literally. 
Dream a little dream. And then they were like, so, you know, the question that people were asking was, what was she doing with the blood? Once it was in the Edison machine, she was using commercial testing machines to front. Like, basically, well, it was mixed. Some of it, they were just lying. They were basically like, yeah, let's just make up whatever lab. Like, it doesn't matter. Like an eight ball. Right. Just like, Like, oh, look at what you got. Which is dangerous because there are people who maybe had diabetes that suddenly it tells them they didn't. Mm -hmm. Or certain people who were looking to find out cancer results. Mm -hmm. It's a menu that they have. You can actually look it up because it's archived. Luckily, it was saved with 200 plus diagnosis that you could look into through labs and she really pretended that she was giving you accurate results isn't that scary instead it was misrepresenting concealing super important facts all the results were inaccurate and they were using commercially available machines basically those butterfly ones Mm -hmm. and they were like well how did she do it if she only had the small sample she was they were like diluting it (laughs) can you like can so we the blood just was process like, this? Like cran apple juice. <laughs> By the time they got through with it, you know when your when your um, dish detergent's running low. Yeah, yeah. You put a little water <laughs> and shake the jug. <laughs> you know, get the sides. Y'all, yeah. can you process this? Because this isn't our reality. That's why I'm like, wow, this shit you can get away with. First of all, let's talk about let's talk about it from both sides, right? As a patient. I ain't sticking my hand under no damn sewing machine needle (laughs) in Walmart. I'm not doing that. First of all, blood is reserved for me being in a medical office, okay, at the damn doctor. Now, this she could have got it in there, too, but let's just say where it was now. I'm safe from the whole Walmart threat. Beyond that, there are people, depending on what neighborhood the Walmart was in, because I guarantee you it wasn't in the one in College Park. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It was underserved communities, and I think that's why all of this pisses me off Mm -hmm. the most, because not everyone can go to the doctor Mm -hmm. to get labs. Not and everyone plus, has insurance. Some people get their lab work done at the CVS Minute Clinic, which is actually reputable. So mm-hmm. I can see where the lines can get blurred here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe. But I don't know. I'm not getting my blood drawn next to the subway in Walmart in the front part where the tile is brown. I'm not getting my blood drawn up there. <laughs> I'm just Mad not. specific. <laughs> so... I urge people, I encourage you to check it out. They have... So the writer the one that did the Wall Street Journal write-up and exposed the fuck out of her and was like, you're lying. (laughs) This does not exist. He ended up writing a book called Bad Blood in a (laughs) (laughs) Silicon. You would laugh. (laughs) Bad Blood in a Silicon Valley startup. (laughs) There's also a podcast called The Dropout that's produced by ABC News. And then HBO also has a doc called The Inventor. So you can watch, well, watch one, listen oh to the God. other, read the other. What happened? So I was, you know, I had been, you know, kind of side pulling stuff up as we was talking. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that a man killed himself. Because I'm reading a story um, that was dropped in The machine killed somebody? No, no, no. Um, a man working for the company. Oh. So like this uh, story back in 2016. Yeah, the scientist. How $9 billion startup Theranos blew up and laid out 41%. And so it talks about how um, in this year... The company's $9 billion valuation plummeted to $800 million. And then they say this is a story of a flawed idea that just kept going until a man committed suicide. A company imploded and an entire industry was left reeling. And then it's going into the whole story about all this stuff. And here is the archive. And the reason I ended up here was the copy of the um, blood testing menu. 
Because yeah. I wanted to see what the hell it looked like. She literally fronted like you could find out if you have cancer in real time. That don't even make any goddamn sense. And so, look, it's like a whole menu re- literally with stuff on there. And you could, like, I guess, select what you wanted to get tested for and pay yeah, for it. Yeah, and pay for it. And the guy that com- committed suicide was actually one of the scientists, one of the only actual scientists that was sitting there and kind of being like, I don't know what's going on. You Damn, know what I mean? That like shit he probably literally drove him mad. Drove him mad because he was about to be fired. Because, you know, he was, like, asking questions and being inquisitive. And I, and his oh, wife yeah. was in the documentary, which made me really sad. And he asked her the night before he killed himself, do you think I'm going to be fired? And the wife was like, yeah. And he sort of felt like he had no way out. So it's her fault. It's just devastated. No, it's not the <laughs> wife's fault. Dustin! <laughs> oh, my God. Dr. John, uh, keep talking, Just Dr. John Luanadis, he said they were the greatest news story in Silicon Valley in health and saving the world. And I just said, where's the evidence? So he published a, a skeptical column in February of last year. So Who's this is back in, um, Dr. John Luanadis, Lo, it looks like Luanadis, but I know it's not that. I just want to say Lohan. Luanafanta. Um, so after he published a skeptical column in February last year, so that was 2015, he said he got a lot of pushback from the company. Less than two years later, we can see the from whole the company, thing. The Edison company. Right. So less than two I years later, we can see the whole thing has collapsed. Like, damn. Long story short, I just had to show these two examples of privilege. I mean, two. examples. Access. Life Greed. Nepotism. We're over here, you know, angry at Lil Nas X for manipulating <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> when there are people whose blood is being played with, and I don't even know. The thing that was bothering me the most is I was reading the afterthoughts on Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, and people were kind of being like, you know, she had a dream. She really believed that she could help people. Well, stick your hand in the machine. Right, like it was like this, they're trying to paint her as a selfless dreamer who really really believed in this product and apparently there's a code in silicon valley where it's like fake it till you make it you front like you have this thing you get the investors and then you are put in a position to actually make it Mm -hmm. because if you're getting hundreds of millions of dollars you could probably make anything you know what i mean so that's kind of the way that silicon valley works according Mm -hmm. to a lot of these articles (laughs) i was reading and it works sometimes sometimes you have an app idea you might not have the money to execute it and then you get the money and boom app comes to life but this is a little bit different. Because they told her... it like scientifically... Because she quit school. That's what I'm saying. She quit fucking school, so she didn't know. Like, she didn't understand when they were telling her no. She was sitting there thinking, like, no, I can overcome it. And think right. she can, like, pull the idea together. But it was like, no, bitch. Like, like scientifically, Unless, unless you can see possible. the equation and you can see what's missing from this shit, like, it actually cannot happen. And she brought all this money and wasted everyone's time. That's why I'm amazed what? that the dean was down to be part of her board. You know, like the dean, the chemical engineer, <laughs> like I can't. And and what amazed me, too, was listening to the interviews from the different men. They were always like, she was so beautiful. 
I was just gonna ask if she did she, she have a car like, salesman personality. And they kept saying she was very she enchanting. Was oh, and then she had a fake voice. <laughs> what do you mean? She, <laughs> she had a fake voice. She put on a fake voice. She would, <laughs> she would go and talk like this in meeting. It was like the weirdest, and people were like kind of debating, like, is that voice really hers? And then one of the scientists I worked in the lab said that one day she forgot. She was. It, they had been working up really late, so many hours. They were leaving, and she like totally forgot to put it on. And he said he was stunned that even her voice was fake. And she wore turtlenecks, like Steve Jobs. Like you know, she kind of did the Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. thing of like I wear the same thing every day, so I don't have to spend time thinking about outfits. Like really modeled after a lot of these men that had pulled off innovative projects. Because so. that's what she wanted more than getting the actual work done. She the just accolades. wanted the attention and the accolades. And that's I was it. thinking, considering her family lineage, the Fleischmann yeast, maybe she just wanted to get back to that. You know, that standard of having this family and being an heir to something, and but based on nothing. Because the yeast actually worked. <laughs> The bread will rise with that. And they squandered that money. Like, that's crazy. So, I don't know. Just wanted to... It happens, basically. Yeah, on levels that you may not even but understand. But on that scale, like, mm-hmm. going to whatever college you want... Can I just with say... With a photoshopped crew picture. <laughs> I always found it... $700 million on a machine that, that doesn't work. work. I always found it funny, like, in restaurants, because, you know, there's always something going on in a restaurant. Like, when black people would get mad, be like, you know, you seen this white person before me or you're um, um, serving them before me or more than me. And then I always found it funny that there were people that were like, oh, they're just acting like that because they're black. Like, they think that people are doing it. And it's like, you don't realize that that shit actually does happen and you're actually doing it right now like and so like thinking about all these bigger layers of like this is kind of unfortunate that people don't even see the damage that they do when they do this because for them to just be like oh it was the tech valley you know the project just fell through it's like right. a man died you know you wasted people's time because people they were, were sick getting the wrong inaccurate results not getting their meds in time or not even getting the right meds they needed because they didn't know what they had like come on on a small personal scale you also have people like working there that could have been doing other things with their time. They probably could have been working on projects that actually could have cured something or Hello. detected something or the made resources. a difference. Right. So it's so it's sad that in my mind it's so regular that white people be wasting people's time. And sad. the most sinister part was that they had a lot of the scientists that were working in the lab under surveillance. <laughs> no, they did. To the point that one just guy said case. he got hit by a car. Wow. Like, I'm talking about sinister shit. I'm not just talking about, like, you know, checking to see what you looked in your browser on the laptop, your company laptop. I'm, I'm talking just in about. Case somebody was going to get the, uh, actually get it. Yeah. Get it to work. I'm talking about death threats. One guy, his parents, luckily because he had money, they were able to pay $500,000 in legal fees because he was in and out of court with them. I mean, bananas one girl that was a whistleblower she ended up having to stay you know lay low at like a friend's house and they sent something to the house to kind of let her know like we know where you're at wow and they was the motherfuckers in the wrong and it was the motherfuckers in the wrong and they doing that shit sound like some jordan peele shit (laughs) (laughs) because they had so many higher ups especially in government it was really easy Mm -hmm. you know to pull off this type of sinister surveillance. So that's just scary shit. Mm-hmm. 
super scary shit, mind blowing. <laughs> when I was watching this stuff, I just couldn't process it. I was on Snapchat, not Snapchat, rest in peace, Snapchat, IG stories a couple weeks back watching the documentary. And I was like, y'all, we're going to have to do an episode about this because I just still. <sighs> he was catching all the flies. He was like, my mind is just blown. But, you know. That's the access that that certain people live on, and mm-hmm. and you just got. <laughs> hmm. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to close. There ain't off nothing the to say other than we didn't do it. Don't ask us <laughs> shit. Right. We ain't did nothing. We trying to make it. That's them paying for shit that don't exist and putting their dumbass kids through, pushing them through, and that's just what the problem is. And also, this should make everybody feel a little bit more comfortable going through their day because I find myself, and I'm sure you find yourself, and I know you find yourself Absolutely. in situations where you got to say to yourself, "This motherfucker got to be slow." Right, I know you. Oh God, I know you don't find yourself in that situation, that's right? What was gonna say. And now, and now, guess what? They really might be, depending on who their mama is. Did they? Did they get pushed through too? You got to start checking people's transcripts. So I think this not true. not show me the receipts. You act like they ain't paying for that to be checked. Show me the transcripts. <laughs> if anybody's transcripts said it was a part of the crew, played lacrosse. Play badminton, any weird left to field ass sports, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just know they mommy them lied. But not even that. Think of how many times you've dealt with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fearful that- of putting your mind or your, your eggs in one basket because you, you know, you're like, can I pull this off? Can I do this? Am I worthy? Can I really, like, is, am I strong enough in this field? Can I be the voice? Is my voice strong enough to contribute to this field and the things that you're afraid? And then meanwhile, you got people that come into work five minutes late, make some shit up and hop into the meeting and they swear they got the answer and they get praised for it. And, and you're like, funding. what? <laughs> and they get funding and think of how many people you've seen in positions where you're like, how do they get here? Mm-hmm. All the time. How did they get here? Even like walking, getting, even getting coffee and shit like that. You'd be looking at the manager, yelling at the employee that's not doing nothing. And it's like, how do you expect them to do that? If you're going to yell at them on the floor, like you, wondering how did they get here like both of them like how did this manager get here who hurt them and then all that's didn't too damn much because like i shouldn't have to take this in my day it's an evil world we living in Sad but true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this week's hot button just all something right. to think about that was hot that was very hot i'm still like i'm frustrated hell yeah <laughs> when was the last time you ate a breakfast that you felt really good about Not a bowl of sugary cereal, but a breakfast that's nourishing for your body. Now you can transform your breakfast with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers carefully sourced, chef-crafted smoothies, savory bowls, overnight oats, and more built on fruit and vegetables. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat it. Choose from more than 50 nourishing options for any time of the day. Ready to blend smoothies, savory harvest bowls, you guys, soups, and more. Just add water or milk to the smoothie or heat up the bowl and enjoy. All of Daily Harvest ingredients are carefully sourced for maximum nourishment and flavor. You can actually see all of the ingredients when you open the cup. Daily Harvest is the easiest, most delicious way to load up on fruits and vegetables any time of the day. I told you guys they sent us a box of it to test it out before we started the ads. Mm. And they have a mint cacao smoothie that I have been trying to replicate Mm -hmm. and it's not working. 
But I will stick to the Daily Harvest version as long as I can. You guys, it is so good. Like, I can't even explain. It tastes like ice cream. It's like a must-have in your box. It is just a must-have in my box. They knew it was going to be good. That's why they said, cacao. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? The two of you. So go to Daily Dash. Harvest.com and enter promo code friendzone to get three cups free. Oh my god, you guys get three cups free. That's really bomb. That's That's promo code friendzone for three free daily harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Daily-harvest.com. You guys get the mint cacao. You'll thank me. Cacao, cacao. So let's bring in the wind chime. <laughs> this is over here doing West African dances. Okay. So That's while I was bottom. I was in Oakland this weekend. Oh, to the Yay area. This week, really. I know I love Oakland. Y'all are just Ooh. the best. Shout you out see to my best seven? No. Damn. I didn't. Where Shout out to Oaktown Street. I don't know. Oaktown. <laughs> Shout out to Oaktown Street 57. They was bad. <laughs> Why is my computer doing an update right when I need the uh, article and I got to pull up? Wow, computer, you're thank amazing. You so much. Damn. And it ain't even plugged in. You know, normally it How's don't do it going to just decide it's going to update right that now? That might not be none of them Edison motherfuckers messing with you. That's what we was talking about. Listen, HBO got a doc, Netflix, like it's out now. I ain't going to whistle blow it. But anyway, still don't work. But you was on the West Coast. What the internet doing now? Blow the whistle. (laughs) (laughs) So what I was going to talk about before my computer decided otherwise. So while we were in Oakland, because you guys know I've been rehabbing my spine and my knees and and working Mm -hmm. with a couple different trainers to get my body recalibrated and back on track. And obviously I was away from all of them while I was gone for the week. So I was going on really long walks because mm-hmm. Oakland is just ugh, such beautiful weather. And I am I love going on walks, first of all. I That's one too. thing during the wintertime and even the spring because the spring's been kind of chilly. Mm-hmm. We've had like 30, 40 degree weather days. I miss being able to just leave my house and just go for a long-ass walk. Is that something that you guys yes. do? All yeah. the time, yes. What What is it that you like about going on long walks? Um, it's thought-provoking, depending on what you have no choice but to kind of get lost in your thoughts. It's not really intentional, but you do get to sort a lot of things out mentally. Um, it's a great way to discover new things in your neighborhood, um, new spots that you can patronize. Um, it's a great way to find sneaky spots to get away with things <laughs> that you don't want nobody to see you doing. It's just great. I love yes. walk, taking long walks in the park too no matter how cliche it is i really do love long walks in the park <laughs> like for real i love it i do like seeing my neighborhood and all the different buildings and you know whose building's a little bit nicer than mine you know who's building a little bit more ragged than mine okay i like doing that that's funny you say that because that's what my best friend and i were doing we were she lives in like the suburbs mm-hmm. so we were walking through and admiring people's different lawns mm-hmm. some people's raggedy lawns with hella shit on it and the mm-hmm. other people had like carefully planned out you know and curated plants mm-hmm. and flowers we were just amazed at how people treat their spaces and walking around and we ended up walking for six miles okay yes. yeah and it felt so good because we got in our rhythm and you know having conversation obviously like i was saying we we actually bumped into a lady while she was gardening she gave us a bunch of plants oh that uh, is so dope 
Because we were, we came up to her and we were like, oh, what are you, you know, what's this one called? Luckily, she was really nice about it. Yeah, she was like, telling us. This is for you. Right. She was telling us what all the different plants were called and putting us on game and gave us some cuttings, which is really sweet because we went back and now we're going to be able to swipe some of her garden. <laughs> and we went back and, and planted it for my best friend's garden. So now that's like our little project. So every time I come back, I'll get to see like how much it's grown. Aww. Isn't that sweet? That's that, Especially like, if it's me... sativa. <laughs> <laughs> then that's, that's really, really sweet. <laughs> but I just Thanks was for so greener, I was so happy. I was so happy to be able to go for oh look, my computer decided to come back. All right. Yay. <laughs> I was so happy to go on this walk with her, but it just also reminded me that I'm excited to start incorporating that into my day. Now, would you guys say that you walk daily or is it just like a once in a blue thing? I walk daily, but that's because of the way my day goes. The things that I have to do, I kind of have to walk. New York City. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would love to have the time every day to literally just, because the only time you can really take walks like that, doing the kind of work we do, is when you literally have time for that, unless right. you schedule it. But I would love to be at a point where I could schedule that shit to be like, okay, from two to four, now the sun be like beaming in. (laughs) Every day from like five to eight, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to walk and think and not talk. I would love to be able to do that. Oh, what about you? Not regularly. Not, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do walk regularly, but I don't do the long walks regularly. Sometimes it's just a quick trek to the train. But, like, back when I first moved to New York, because I was learning so much of it, and I worked, like, in uh, Midtown East, I used to, like, just walk, and um, I learned the bus system so I could take the bus home, which was way longer than the train. But I used to, like, walk up um, from 60th or all the way up to, like, 125th, and then eventually to my house just to see what the walk was like, just to see, like, what everything looked like. And so now I'm in that process of kind of learning my new borough since it's not numbers it was so much easier in the city because it's a grid but like now my new borough like i have to literally learn the name of each like street which is going to help me learn all of like the sub borough names because you know there's like the park slope there's the best dot there's the bushwick like so like walking around is pretty dope but i haven't done it like regularly but i have been doing it over the past few weeks like because it's been nice every now and then like it's been real touch and go oh cannot wait so i was reading this harvard Shout out to Harvard. Harvard Harvard Health. (laughs) Harvard's medical school released this article called Five Surprising Benefits of Walking. And it really, some of them really shocked me. There's one that said, it helps tame a sweet tooth. Yeah, right. Right? That's what I was like. How would it do that? And it if says, I'm going to walk out my stomach and get ice cream. I don't know. I know you'll, start, you'll cramp up if you walk on an ice cream stomach. So maybe, maybe. It says, studies from the University of Exeter found that a 15 minute walk can curb cravings for sweets and chocolate, especially, and even reduce the amount that you eat during stressful situations. So it confirms that it can reduce the intake of sugary snacks. So if you're someone, I have a sweet tooth. I don't know about you guys. Definitely have a sweet tooth. So I'm so curious about this because I never heard of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying try to picture, like, if I start craving candy, I'm going to be like, let I'm me go walk. walk for 20 minutes. Sometimes I crave, like, cookies and cream shakes. You guys know by now that I love, like, a good mm, cookies and cream gosh. shake. So the next Damn, time I try, good. I know I that's what I'm like, ooh. I'm going to hit your ride on Jack and Jill and stroll around for a minute. Let's see. put that to the test. Yeah, let's let's be this. our own scientists. Uh, anyone that <laughs> 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 Y'all could do that. <laughs> 
This is going to be very Theranos and be like, Harvard, I don't know. Right. What was the study? When I'm walking home with my McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was really the only one that kind of stood out to me. The rest I have heard, obviously, it boosts immune function. You hear me? <laughs> well, it does. Wow. well, now, well. after an in-depth analysis. <laughs> Well. They might be on to something with this one. Oh, yeah. Walking make you agile. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's a science project we wouldn't mind taking on. Oh, bow, 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 study me. Bow, 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 bow. Oh, let me be a research baby. <laughs> so it boosts immune function, meaning that walking can help protect you during cold and flu season. A study of over a thousand men and women found that those who walked at least 20 minutes a day for at least five days a week had 43% fewer sick days yes. than those who exercise just once a week or less. So if they did get sick, it was for a shorter duration and their symptoms were way milder. So it's going to be immunity boost, which I can imagine because, you know, you're getting the blood flowing, Mm -hmm. oxygen to your cells, circulation, Obviously, that's always good instead of being sedentary. Circulation. And then easing joint pain because it by walking, you lubricate and strength, strengthen the muscles that support your joints and your hips and your knees. I've been having so many issues. <laughs> no one tells you about the aches that you deal with in your 30s. Dang. Like, I think that's something, right? Everybody's like, whoo. My lower back, my knees, which is why I've been having to get extra help for it because I think all the years of training super hard and lifting weights. And remember, I used to run Central Park. Yeah, I used to run six miles, the whole six miles around Central Park three times a week. And that's concrete. If mm-hmm. anyone has run that, done that run, that's pure concrete. Hey, Haley. Yeah. in Rockports. <laughs> <laughs> Which after so many years of doing that, you know, your body can take but so much. Yeah. So I do think the to- the sweet tooth one, I think I want to put to the test. I'm going to try it. Let's do it. So that'll be like our own little science experience. I don't know why your face is cracking me. Oh, up why? I'm just listening <laughs> to what y'all going to do. <laughs> I'm listening to this challenge y'all doing. <laughs> why aren't you going to do it, Asante? What gives? But do you have a sweet tooth? And and that's really the thing. I don't. I mean, I do, but like not to I where I'm like, ooh, I have to candy. get. Yeah, it's very seldom I have candy, but like every now and then I have like a shake or some ice cream, but not too often. Yeah, I don't really picture it. Like I used to like even juice. Ooh, I've been fighting the urge for juice now. I love juice. I do. What kind of juice? Juice makes me happy. What's, okay, so today I had orange juice, right? But like, mm. any, I haven't had orange juice in a long time. Okay, well, I just love a good cold glass of orange Boy, juice. Yes. Like I just it's something about. <laughs> It. But like outside of orange, like if I have like a little juice, it'll just be like dominoes. Like, oh well, we might as well get some cran apple juice up in here. What's maybe wrong a with white grape apple juice. Maybe, oh, that's my favorite. Maybe a white grape juice. juice up in here. <laughs> Go on ahead, get some strawberry lemonade. Like it's like a juice party. So I'm like, oh, nah, I have to not do this. Like I have to just back off. It's so, a portal. It's a sugar portal. Yes. So once I've had like my juice reactivate, like the sugar portal, then I'm like, oh. You know, maybe I should get some ice cream. You know, the Talenti in the freezer. Ben and Jerry's got the new flavor with the core in it. Like, I have it every once in a while, and then I have to be like, I gotta stop. You know, I'm going. I'm already going to eat everything else, so enjoy that part. Leave the dessert alone. <laughs> Unless I'm at Cheesecake Factory, then I gotta have the cheesecake. Oh, he took it back. Oh, what? 
took it back. I gotta have the chocolate bread. So it's like dessert before dinner. And then I haven't been in Cheesecake Factory in like 40 years. Let's go, friend. <laughs> Look, they got 40 years worth of uh, uh, damn items to order on there. So get something new on there. Before I go for the walk, mm-hmm. you know what I want to try out. This is a sweet <laughs> item. That's why I'm like, I gotta try it before I try this. What? Have y'all seen them explosion cakes? The, um, there's a place no. called the Flower Bakery or Flower something in New York. I can't, that's terrible that I can't think of the name of it. But this girl created these cakes and they sell them in like different restaurants in New York. It's called the Explosion Cake. Mm-hmm. And it's like rainbow layers of cake. And when you cut it, it's a tall cake, oh. a tall layer cake. Mm-hmm. And when you cut it in the middle, they have like all oh, these sprinkles come out or all oh, this candy come oh. out. Yeah, oh, the Explosion okay. Cake. I want to try that, you guys, before this happens. I'm like, yeah, I don't okay. have a sweet tooth. That looks thing. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so they sell it at like like Barney's and you go have lunch there Dead. and stuff. And it's supposed to be like super moist, like it's good. So I want to try that before I, I go for the walk. Okay. I don't want that to be the urge I resist. <laughs> I want to give in and then resist everything else. <laughs> That's all. Well, here's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Challenge. Two, two challenges. The next time you crave something sugary, go on a 20-minute walk and then report back to us and let us know if it helped or not. I'm going to do it. I'm now, totally going to do it because I have such a sugary tooth. So that'll actually be really helpful. That'll be clutch. Mm-hmm. And then the second challenge. Four of stairs. That is not happening. <laughs> if you live somewhere <laughs> where it's warmer, warm enough for you to walk or just, you know, explore your neighborhood and your areas, let's all push each other to walk at least 20 minutes a day, 20, 30 minutes a day. I could do that. I'm down. Right? Then I could do just Let's try it for the next 30 days and see if you feel... (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) And see if you feel a difference. Like, I want to report back and see if you feel a difference with your immunity, with your health, with your joints, all the little aches and pains, maybe even the clarity in your brain. Because if oxygen's going to your cells more through the circulation, then I'm assuming that you'll have more clarity to think with and create with. And I know we have a lot going on this month so let's report back I'm with it and just see how it feels so those of you who are not walkers maybe take some time to incorporate incorporate this into your daily regimen those of you who are walkers obviously this will probably be nothing for you my mom walks five miles a day work mom shout out to mama friend killing the game work she walks five miles a day Monday through Friday and has lost she weighed like let's say two ten, mm-hmm. and now weighs one sixty three. That's yes. see what I mean. That's From walking, beautiful. she's not like you know out here lifting weights. Now she's going to the gym now because she's lost all this weight. So she's like, you know, I have to tone. She in her bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in her Get summer bag yeah. now. So she's at the gym toning, but she lost all that weight just from walking five miles a day, five days a week. Now that's inspo that I can believe. Amazing. And I love that for our parents, especially because the older they're getting, the more they take care of themselves, the less pressure it is on us to be on top of them. Yeah. Yeah, You know about their health. I love that she's taking it into her own hands and not waiting until things get worse. That's wonderful, friend. I love it. So something to think about. Let's start, you know, getting those walks in. It's beautiful out. I love Harlem in the summertime, in the springtime. People you start hearing the live music, the street, the street fairs. Look at Dustin's face. I just keep thinking about it. I can't wait to wear basketball shorts and like a white tank top yes. on shirt. The cookouts on the sidewalk, because only in New York. <laughs> yep, yep. 
Only in New York. Only in New York would there be a cookout by the bus stop. Okay. Like, that's just how we get down, by the three train. Oh, right there on the sidewalk where they put the damn garbage every week. Oh, yeah. I'm like, there'll be a really mattress, and, right they'll, and they'll use the mattress that's See, in the yeah. trash to sit. Look, they give you <laughs> the, the finger. Put out a kiddie <laughs> pool, bring out the hookahs. <laughs> like, we go oh, to town. definitely. Hookahs, a speaker. Um, the chairs, those folding chairs with Bottle a little cup handy. holder and the armrest. <laughs> those. I love it. So that's it. I just wanted to encourage some walking. It's really simple this now week, obviously. But I think it's something that sometimes you forget the benefits of walking. I know when I got my Fitbit and I would look to see like my heart rate and just I would always feel good. We do 10,000 steps. That's what my best friend and I did during while I was in Oakland. Our pact was to do 10,000 steps a day wow. while I was there. And it was cute because the Fitbit does this like little explosion. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a Fitbit? Mm-hmm. I didn't get one because I felt like they had abbreviated bitch at the end oh and I was offended gosh. every time I saw it like I ain't wearing that shit you ain't finna be cussing me out on my own damn wrist <laughs> no so no yeah and it's like you hit your goal so it has yeah, like a has little like party little, on there yeah and shit. like little firecrackers oh. or something like that so it reminded me of the nano pet when you would like oh yeah when you would like feed it enough and it was happy so then it would like do all the little funny stuff on the screen but so cute. When it would die, it would vibrate. Oh, man. You know, I hate it when it dies. <laughs> but I love those little cute positive reinforcements that kind of nudge you. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this again tomorrow and yes, again and again. Right. And it also, it just feels good. It's a good companion to whatever workouts you're trying to incorporate more of into your day. So that's it. That's it for this week's wellness. Now let's jump into Mr. Music, man. What yes. you got for us this time, Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, you know, Lil Nas X, you know, can't nobody tell him nothing. And uh, it made me think about <laughs> genre bending. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, genre bending can be any sort of genres that artists are bending, right? So you can take an R&B artist and they, you know, rapping a little bit. So maybe little Bryson Tiller could be a genre bender. You can even take, um, you know, everything that Drake does is genre bending, if you will. But... I want to talk about your favorite artist that you like that genre bend. And so, like I'm saying, it can literally be anything. So if you want to talk about James Blake doing that new album and having all the niggas on there, you know, I think that counts (laughs) to a degree. Yeah, I felt like he was trying to have like a family reunion on there. I'm like, what? What is happening? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just tell me about your favorite artist that genre bend. And we can just talk about all of those cool things. Because I think music is so interesting now that you can do that. We don't have to keep putting artists in a box. You want me to go? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you was finna start. Yeah, I, 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 I just want to make wait my turn. I'm trying to be respectful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all sure y'all want to go? Because mm-hmm. I'm about to make this point. Go ahead. <laughs> There's a reason. I'm not one of those guys who, you know, just opines about music for the hell of it just because I might like a song by somebody. When I put my name behind a person and say they one of my favorites, there's bullets, you know what I'm saying? In the case of Remy Ma, real bullets. But there's bullet items, you know, and line items that justify and legitimize my standing. Mary J. Blige is an artist that can genre bend. She can do it all. We've seen her go on stage with country artists and kill it. We've seen her go on stage with Pavarotti and kill it with David Foster on piano playing live at the Oprah show. We've seen her do her cover of, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a few years ago, she did a cover of Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. 
It was glorious. Randy Jackson played the um, something in the band. I think he played the bass guitar mm. while they were performing it. It was beautiful. Mary was in Rock of Ages, the film, the mm-hmm. movie musicals, you know, singing any way you want it. And don't that. stop believing. We can watch it together anytime you want, friend. <laughs> and you know, I love those 80s songs oh, anyway. Yeah. So it was a marriage of so many of my favorites. So I'll, I'll scale it back. But I just want no, to say, Mary J. Blige is the perfect genre bending artist. Like she literally, and she has Grammys in so many different fields. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a gospel Grammy. She's got rock Grammys. She's got R and B Grammys. Best, you know, rap song collab. There's like she literally has done it across so many genres. So I'm just so proud. I mean, the only one that comes to mind like immediately is Rihanna. Yeah, perfect example. I think she's a great example because she can play into R and B. She wants to put out rock, and I think and the anti project was so dope because it was everything. Mm-hmm. It was like a hodgepodge of every genre, which normally a label would hate you to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what happened to Tanache, where she, you know, we've talked about that before, where it's you, like girl. you couldn't figure out what her sound was, like what's your direction? And I guess that just doesn't work as well when you're still kind of coming up in the game and having solidified your place in the music mm-hmm. industry where people know like this is her sound, but she's experimenting. Like right. I think that's allowed. Um, but someone like Rihanna, who's a vet and has given us so many different eras and evolutions of her sound and her musicality, her having all these genres, fusions of genres within one song, even, you know, not just like the separate songs. I think she has done it really seamlessly for her to do a Tame Impala cover. Come on. Yes. You know, and then do that sort of bluesy, the drunk higher, song. Higher. Which is my favorite song yeah, on the album. Yeah, sort of bluesy, kind of gave me like a bluegrass feel. and But then she'll give you an R&B record and it's just like, like Kiss Me Better. What would you, no, I guess that's like rock R&B. Right. That's like a rock ballad. A like, rock ballad, yeah. yeah. Can we go here for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like Rihanna Let's is a perfect it. example of an artist who made sure that she was able to transition like that from project to project and even from genre to genre. You have to consider this on an all-encompassing level, right? Her look. She changed her look every single album cycle. She had a different color and style hair. Her styling was different. It has evolved from, we all have seen the music of the sun, jeans, chain belt, belly chain. You know, <laughs> she's evolved from that into a legitimate style icon, okay, who yeah. has had the freedom of making those choices. And I believe that uh, that us having that notion of her being unexpected and unpredictable, I guess would be the right word, it made us, you know, okay with her switching genres like that from project to project because we ain't know what the hell to expect. And kudos to her for doing that because it kind of like made us take her seriously as a performer and as an artist. I look at her as an artist now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't have that faith in her, you know, previously. So I think it's great. I just think that you have to position yourself as an artist who we can't really tell what they're going to do next in order for that to work. Tanache never changed their look. And I love Tanache, but mm-hmm. I fell in love with mixtape Tanache mm-hmm. when I didn't even know it was her singing. Who knows if I would have liked those songs had I known that it was her performing them. I may have, you know, piled them with the rest of the things and with what I knew her look to be and all the things that made me feel like everything was the same. But once I actually listened, you know, without the visual, I just think that you have to take into consideration your presentation if you're an artist and you want to have that versatility. Yeah. That's all, but I don't even sing, so I don't know. <laughs> 
don't know. It ain't even about singing, though. I don't even do this. I'm just saying what I see. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, Rihanna to yeah. me is quintessential. And then Miguel. Oh, yeah, Miguel. He Amazing. seamlessly plays with genres, mm-hmm. especially rock, R&B. Now he's released a Spanish version of, is it, uh, what is it? What was his last album? Uh, um, Wild Heart. Well, I was going to say mm-hmm. Wildfire. Wild Heart re- released the Spanish version that Caliucci's and a couple other artists helped him translate, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, Those. Yeah, like he's out here. And That's he how you killed, do it. Uh, what was the, the Dis- is it Disney with the little boy? The Mexican... Uh, oh, was that in Coco? I didn't Coco. watch the movie. He killed oh, yeah, yeah, Coco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. killed Coco, the theme music. So I think he's awesome. He can play in any field. But I also think that's a testament to talent. You know? Absolutely. When you are not given a role, no shade to our hot button combo from last week, <laughs> and you have the power to... to do whatever you want because you understand music. You know, you can, you can. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm faces. sorry because I don't no, I feel like it's be... my turn, but there's just so much to no, say about this. No, good. That's why I like, want to. You like... have to be able to do one thing well in order to get that ball rolling too, right? Some artists, you can say what you want about Rihanna, but Rihanna was able to win us over. We bought into her as an artist after she had some hits that really stuck with us and we believed in her capabilities. So we trust her as an artist. Look at Christina Aguilera, right? Another artist, project to project, whether you bought Bionic or not, project to project, she changed, flipped the game. Remember when she worked with DJ Premier on um, the Back to Basics double disc? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All those things. Christina Aguilera switched it up every single album, her look, everything. But you know what was consistent? Them pipes. Right. From start to finish. And the writing. So, like... I just feel like you have to be able to do one thing well in order to take that and then apply it to different styles of whatever you do. So you got to start somewhere. I'm glad you shouted out, Christina. I just want to shout out the era where I feel like every pop artist, you knew they made it because they had to have like some sort of rapper R&B feature. Like they it was like, why is Lil Bow Wow on Jessica Simpson? Like uh, because she had that song Irresistible. And I'll never forget, like it was the remix video and it fucked me up because there was a part of the video where she's like sings Irresistible really high and throws her hands up. And I forgot what happened in the video. But then it was like the remix video. So when she did that part, instead of it being more of her, it was like Bow Wow rapping in the video. I was like, what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> but then it was kind of like, I guess it's like this whole wave of, um, or that wave at the time of pop and R&B mixing, or pop and rap mixing, like the, the culture's clashing. Thank you, Mariah. Okay, and I was going to initially yeah. say, I feel like Mariah fits in that list too. Because she has like, had a lot of like really, really dope like soulish records and really cool like alternative-ish records like Mariah is like that girl dance records dance records house yeah like all of that and you know there are a lot of OGs that have done that and they've stayed consistent and then there are people that have you know they're recent and they're not consistent but I think they've had some cool tracks and this is no shade because I love people that I mentioned because I like all music randomly Sierra Sierra had like a really dope like crunk and beat era and you know she just went all the way into R&B or whatever but then she had that segment with like Justin Timberlake, the love and sex and magic, where it was like, I guess her like oh, pop crossover thing. And that was like one of, cause she's been doing it. Uh, um, I don't remember the name of the song she just put out, but I feel like it's more along the realm of that. Thinking was, about you. Thinking about the you. Beauty Marks, her new album that's coming out. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, she's kind of done this before. So I think it is dope when artists can kind of genre bend. And all of this stemmed from 
which I guess we don't have to wrap this segment, but I'll wrap my part of the segment. Um, my listen lately, I was watching Coachella. And so I was watching all my faves, all the people that I know. But as and shout out to YouTube, the feeds were amazing and crisp this year. Uh, it did not uh, fail me. It was amazing. I got to see most of the shows. But um, I was watching this uh, French electro pop duo, Polo and Pine. Mm-hmm. And they make this cool electro pop music. And I was like, damn, this sounds really dope. Like, why didn't I get into this before? And I kind of did, but not really. But um, do you remember very, very rando? There was a writer that worked with Chris Brown, and uh, his name was Andre Merritt. And mm-hmm. he used to do, like, this, uh, like, electro, like, R&B feels thing. And I was like, and I really fucked with him because I was fucking with uh, Chris Brown, like, with whatever he was doing at that time, too. And I found Which out era? Was, um, like, the Forever era. Okay. Like, you know, when he was making, like, that dancey music, mm-hmm. like, um, the Devil Miss song. Mm-hmm. Um, like all that stuff, I was like, well, this is kind of dope. Like, I wish this did happen a little bit more. And then I was like digging back into like my musical cat, uh, library and I was like, oh, I guess this happens all the time. Cause I was thinking about back when Gucci Mane, like they used to make these like remixes with like, you know, Diplo, they used to make these like really party, um, like housey remixes and shit. They used to like fuck the game up. And I was like, damn, I wish we would see more of this like on a front line in a way. And I guess people are doing it because it took me back also to last week's segment when you mentioned the Young Thug and uh, Jamie XX song. Oh, yeah. Because it's always <laughs> dope because I feel like Young Thug does work with a lot of uh, like uh, house grunge people and DJs and people like that. So I just want to talk about a lot of stuff because I feel like we all have very diverse tastes in music. And um, yeah, Polo Ipan was actually my listen lately. Polo so, Ipan. Yes. I check that out. it for me in this segment for music man if you want to add anything to you're more than welcome to or we can just get right into listens lately and you can tell me what you've been listening to lately okay dustin ross oh we getting into listens lately then okay well what i've been listening to this week is is a cast out song hustler um she released it actually last night at midnight on the 16th um, it's an accompanying visual that tells a story of this character she created named Kelly. Really, really dope song. I love storytelling and rap music. It's one of the things that endears me to it as a genre, a record label, and a motherfucking crew. <laughs> um, and so I just want to play a quick sample of the Hustler song by Cash Style. Seven, to be exact. That's the most she ever made. So it fucked her head up. He told her, holla at me when you want to get your bread up. He knew she was a so yeah, that's Hustle by Cash. I absolutely love it. Um, like I said, there's an accompanying visual and it's really, really dope. Um, so I'm proud of her and I'm proud of her for really taking a stab at this um, from a creative perspective. A lot of times rap can be uninspired. People complain about that. But the fact that she chose to create this story and bring it to life through a visual, I just think it's an ode to the hip hop mini movie music videos that we used to get back in the day, the Hype Williams era, you know, so I was happy to see this. So shout out to Cash Style yes. and let the record reflect that this ain't nothing new for her because the For Everybody video was a play on Belly, the scene where Keisha was talking to the side chick on the phone. Cash Style adapted that into a rap song and a visual. So this is kind of what she does and we love her for it. So shout out to her for that. Um, and then, you know, I love to bring a historical component to our um, Music Man segment. 
So this week I want to highlight that 14 years ago, speaking of this artist whose name has come up in conversation a couple times today, but we were um, able to witness the emancipation of Mimi. Yeah, what a moment. What an album from Mariah. What a comeback. What a comeback story. 14 years ago. Yeah. Make it all right. But the Emancipation of Mimi is 14 years old. So shout out to Mariah and what a great album. Yes. What a great album. So that's it. I remember when that dropped. We were all like, Mariah's back. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't believe like every single song. Just bang, bang, bang. So Anderson Pat. Yes. That Ventura album. Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of people were not happy with Oxnard. Mm-hmm. Which I liked. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was heavy handed. Dr. Dre, I felt was heavy handed on that project. I mm-hmm. think it was what he wanted Innocent Pack to put out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure him being Dr. Dre, that Innocent Pack was so humbled and honored to be working with him that he was probably like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this is a once in a lifetime thing. We're still waiting on Dre to drop Detox. So he probably was like, this is really dropping. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's kind of epic. Um, but this is more to his sound, true to his sound. Uh, look, he has the shirt. This is more true to his sound. So I... Oh, 3,000 on that first track. <laughs> yeah, he had Andre 3,000. He had Layla Hathaway, Jasmine Sullivan, Smokey Robinson, Brandy, Nate Dog too. Mm-hmm. Um, Bilal, didn't he have Bilal on here too? Or maybe I'm thinking of something. No, he didn't have Bilal. This is good listening right here. <laughs> but it was just a great project. I will say the only thing is that... I guess the way he views features is more of like a vocal texture mm-hmm. because I did want to hear more from Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear more from Brandy and even mm-hmm. Smokey Robinson. You know, like a lot of these artists, I was hoping they had their own verse, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't the case. He just kind of added them as a texture, which is fine. They still sound great. Like it's Jasmine Sullivan, you know, hearing her voice makes me happy and Brandy sounded great. But the project is just so good. Shout out to Anderson Pop. I literally have just had it on repeat all week. It was my soundtrack to Oakland. Oh, friend. While I was there the whole week. That means you think of Oakland every time you listen to it. Every time. You know when Mm -hmm. that happens? Like, it just has that emotional thread now. So Makes it even better. Love the project. Have not wanted to listen to anything else. Like, that's that's how tapped in I am with the sounds and the songs and the, the content and the stories and everything. I just love his voice. He makes me really happy. He feels like summer. Yes, he does. Yes. He feels he like, feel summer. like summer. Ugh. So mm. that's mine. I'm glad you said feels like summer. That actually reminded me of something. Um, shout out to Childish Gambino. I watched the uh, the movie Guava Island and it was super, super dope to me. Like, So what is it? It's just a visual album to his it's like So no, it's like an hour long. It's like a short film and there are a a few songs featured like and a couple of them were released and I feel like so the rest of them weren't really released there's a scene with the kid singing Fran and it took me back to when we were talking about the uh, Romeo and Juliet movie and we're talking, yes so when you get to that part it's a little emotional for me remember me oh. when you see that but uh, yes yeah, hour long movie it's a short film where? Um, um, it's on Amazon Prime which is free oh um, I mean cool. if you have Prime it's a free movie on there but uh on the YouTube feed when they were playing Coachella because the feeds are gone during the week, so I don't know if they're going to loop it again, but when they weren't looping the show, they were looping um, his movie. Wow, so, um, talk about collaboration. Yeah, yeah and um, did, did you catch any of Coachella at all? Or like any of... No, because I, I did. I watched his performance and it was like, he was fucking it up. Yeah? Like, yeah, like going to town out there. And yeah. then I... 
I liked um when I was watching the movie, it was really, really dope just to see Rihanna's face. I know a lot of people were disappointed because they thought she was going to sing in it, but I didn't even think that. I just was like, oh, a, a Donald Glover like thing. So let me watch it because I watched his uh, short film before that because of the Internet. And so it was dope to just see her acting. I'm always here for acting Fenty. Yay. And there's just something really endearing about like her as an actress, like her, the way she conveys emotion. And it's not like, oh, she just playing Rihanna or she's not acting well or anything like that. She's actually a really good actress. Which oh, I with. so. And I love Island Rihanna. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yes. I feel so connected, you know, because I too know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. But I love that she can flip it. She can give you glam. She can be the most stunning woman you've ever seen. And then she can throw on twists with a little island sundress and barely their makeup and still make you feel fluttery. Yeah. Like that is a gift. She just has it. <laughs> and her voice was captivating because she narrates in the beginning and like watching that and the, oh, and the animation was crisp too. I There's really animation enjoyed it. animation well, in Yeah, in the, be- in the opening scene. And it's really, really dope because it's like brown people being animated and it's like this cute kind of love story like thing being told. So it's really dope hearing her voice be as soothing as it was as it narrates in the, the beginning and t- in the end. So I hate he's make you're making me hate I didn't watch it. You can still watch it. I've got Prime, you know, you can watch it with me. I thought it was Punch. Oh my when God. I found out the name of it, I was like, oh, he's coming. They kept saying Donald Glover is premiering Guava Island at Coachella. I'm like, oh, he's coming out with a punch, some sort of hydrate, <laughs> like, punch. You know, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was a punch, but Guava Island was a short film. I'm going to watch. I got to watch. So you say it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it, and I've watched it like three or four times now. So I'm definitely probably going to watch it again. But I had to say that because I really, really enjoyed it. And it was dope I mean, to the watch. clips look really great. And I have to give it to Childish. He is a he's brilliant when it comes to collaborations. Yeah, shout out to him. Like he just always ahead of the curve. Because even they said, um, aside from that Guava Island collaboration where it was streaming on the feed, he also like launched a sneaker. Yep, and then people took a picture. He was like, take a picture, and whoever had the picture, they immediately got like a thing to like collect their sneaker to go get it in a like. Adidas private location like yeah and I'm like are you Adidas, kidding like yeah, yeah like at a location and I Genius. think that that's so cool like yeah. I don't know if it's him or someone on his team but, but what, the shit. whoever comes up with these really innovative ways to share his projects on point it was the same person that told him just wear the pants on the <laughs> This Is America video set oh my god that's the same person <laughs> uh, last thing about Coachella because there are tons of things I could say about it because uh, tons of amazing things happen um, I want to shout out really randomly um, black pink. <laughs> Which one, Asante? Black or pink? Who you shouting? Dead. <laughs> so, for those who are wondering, you know, which one? It's both. So, Black Pink is a Korean girl group from, and they were formed by YG. So, they were the first girl group, Korean girl group to perform at Coachella, which is dope as fuck. And I was watching them perform, and it was really fucking dope. They had like special guests, and the crowd was going up. Like I didn't know who. Like first of all, there's like always ten or fifteen bitches. I don't know why. And, and they knew everybody's name. I'm like I can't. I don't know anybody's name. I don't know any of these words. But the songs were going off, and they was looking good doing it. So shout out to Blackpink. You know, y'all really delivered everything that they gave y'all. Y'all own. I appreciate. I was it. listening to. The- their single <laughs> and then because it was under the new releases yeah I, almost, I was like you know what you can do it let me know like I, I need to be up on everything I downloaded BTS K-pop the, another, like uh, let me be down BTS is the K, uh, K-pop boy band or they are a another uh, boy band or a group out there yeah so, I've yeah. seen Get BTS I'm familiar with I'm in the know yeah 
Okay, fine. You know, I know you. You know, you're universal. Okay, a little bit. I know BTS. Yes. about it though. Cultured lady. <laughs> so that wraps it up here for me at the Music Man segment. Now let's give it on over to Dustin Ross at the TV Land. Take I was supposed to be in BTS, but they told me they would have had to take the T out, and it just would have been BS. So they didn't want me no more. <laughs> oh my god. We all need someone to talk to. A person who can support us through rough patches, or even the everyday tips and downs of life. And ups, too. That's where Talkspace comes in. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. It's mobile, it's affordable, and it's available when you need it. Some people provide references for therapy, and Talkspace will match you with over 4,000 plus therapists the very same day. Mm. Senior therapists, unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere at any time. No more waiting for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind. No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. <laughs> Talkspace has helped me in my transition from down south to up here to big lights and big, big, big streets in the big city in New York City. Oh and uh, there are some times when I may have uh, need a shoulder or two to lean on and uh, Talkspace is there for me. And I expect, I reckon it, it's only fair I share with you. So to match with your perfect therapist... For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com and uh, make sure to use the code ZONE to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's Z-O-N-E and Talkspace.com. Welcome to TV Land, y'all. Um, this week we're going to keep, it, it. keep it short and sweet this no. week. No! No! Not this week. It's been no. like that. This week we're going to keep no. it short and sweet. Two things and two things. No! Only. Sound like a cat. So we're going no. to... <laughs> now, what we're going to do here... <laughs> I keep a BB gun in here. Okay. Boomerang, you guys. The season finale came on last week. You all know Boomerang was um, executive produced by Lena Waithe. Ben Corey Jones is a showrunner. Lots of names associated with this project that we we know and we're excited to watch new work by them. (laughs) Um, I told you guys that I was impressed with this series from the first episode. The season, um, it kept my attention. I watched it all season. Um, I was fascinated most. This is just a quick little recap. Just my thoughts on Boomerang. That's all. Because it just got picked up uh, for season two along with American Souls. So shout out to them. And Um, a new show, 20s. Yeah, Lena's new show, 20s. Yes. Which is a comedy, I believe the uh, write-up said, too. So it's just an exciting time for all this black talent at BET. Amen. And I'm glad that Boomerang got picked back up. There's several actors in it that you know. Taquan Richmond from uh, Everybody Hates Chris. He plays the main character. Um, And the young lady who plays Simone, his girlfriend, I was really impressed with her work. Um, The season finale especially, which is what made me decide that we need to have a conversation about this show. um, the I won't spoil. Well, I will because it doesn't matter. No, it already came on. Fine. But uh, um, in the season finale, Simone's character lies to her boyfriend, and she he catches her in the lie. It involves her ex, and she succumbs to the the feeling of je- her jealousy and her curiosity about his new relationship. Okay, this guy who she was in a casual sexual relationship with long term, um, who had expressed to her that he liked her and wanted to do more than that. Simone kind of plays by her own rules, which is what we love so much about the character. But she was conflicted with jealousy. Is this and the Joy with- Badass Character? Yes, Ooh. she was conflicted with. Pa- I was you. trying to keep it to this, but yes. <laughs> so, um, 
But she, you know, she just gets caught up because she couldn't believe that he had moved on to a new relationship. And so um, he reached out and said he wanted to still be friends with her. She even cleared all this with her boyfriend, told him, you know, hey, yeah, I thought it was really cool. This is this just speaks to what I love about Boomerang. In most sitcoms and most television situations, the conflict or the the thing that they'll create the episode around is the fact that she kind of, you know, betrayed the trust in their relationship and went and spent time with their ex. But what I loved about Boomerang is that it's current and that the characters are making decisions and the choices that the characters are making reflect the way that people in that demographic or that age group now kind of think their way through certain relationship decisions. Case in point, when her ex hit her up, told her that he still wanted to be friends and wanted to hang out and could they asked her, could they go to dinner? She told her boyfriend and she says, you know, I'm thinking about doing it just because I want to catch up and I'll just, you know, I mean, we can be friends, like whatever. She was like, I told him I would think about it. And by think about it, that meant that I would ask you. She was honest about that. I thought that was a very fresh and forward you know, perspective, because in most scripted programming that we've seen, most shows, that would have been like the conflict, should I or shouldn't I? And she wouldn't have told her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Just like a lot of you sneaky motherfuckers wouldn't have told your boyfriend or girlfriend. But she did. Okay. (laughs) And, And with that freedom, it was interesting to see her character struggle with the choice to be responsible with that, to be truthful with that, or to use it to her advantage to kind of do what she wanted to do, because her ego needed to feel that her ex still wanted her because he was in this new relationship and that ended up leading her to a place where she called her boyfriend or either he called her I can't remember oh he called her she answered she was at the skating rink that her ex had bought out for them and had open on a night when it was normally closed they had Mm -hmm. they started at one place for dinner and they ended up going to a spot that was more familiar for them which turned into them flirting getting comfortable with one another Mm -hmm. and then he had her in the skating rink that they used to go to together all the time when they were dating that wasn't even open now he's a star so he was able to get it open it was just the perfect friend it was a is the kind of shit we like I know Oh, you see me mm. over here fluttering. And in that, he had already <laughs> shared with her at the restaurant that he still wanted to have her. He still wanted her. And so as they were skating and bumping around, they ended up embracing bumping and kissing. <laughs> and you could tell she felt bad about it. She called her boyfriend and, you know, she told him um, that she was sorry she hadn't called him back, but she was at home. She ended up staying out too late and he hung up the phone. He was sitting in front of her house. She oh, told him my she God. So she lied. No, no, no. And no. what she had done wrong, she hadn't necessarily cheated. If you think the kiss is cheating. It was completely inappropriate, but it's not like she no had started, you know, she you know, she, it was just a kiss. She had, she had definitely crossed some boundaries, but it was at a point where she, the character Simone could have contained it and kind of like put the fire out, you know, and been able to move forward. And then her and her boyfriend Bryson could have had a conversation or whatever. That's not what happened. And he was so hurt and so brokenhearted because her father is Marcus, who was played by Eddie Murphy in the original movie. And so we all remember him being like a playboy in the film. That's kind of what it was built around. So, uh, the character Bryson tells Simone in this episode, you know, you just like your father. Mm. 
you know, it's like he, they, 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 they related her behavior to that of her father. It's just interesting because it's a female lead. It's just such a great show. They just show so many alternative perspectives. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a character on there. One of the main characters is openly bisexual and all of his friends, including his, one of their best friends who is now a a preacher, a minister and has a church. They're all supportive and, and accepting of his lifestyle. And it's not, there has not been one episode where him being gay was a shock. What they did, or not being gay, excuse me, being bisexual was a shock. What they did was they integrated it into the programming as normal. Sometimes you would see him with a girl. Sometimes you see him with a guy. They kind of laugh it off and like it just kind of keeps moving forward. I thought that was wonderful to see, especially today when people like Tokyo Vanity, who I call Japan Vanity. (laughs) Anyway, when people like that go online and say things about there being this gay agenda that's pushed to kind of rub these things off on children, I like the fact that this show does a great job of just presenting what life is today. And when the series started, they used the tagline, it's more than one way to be black. And they stayed true to that mantra throughout the season. So shout out to, yeah, shout out to these writers, shout out to all these young actors. Lala Milan has a, uh, she's a regular on the show. Shout out to all these young black actors that are getting it done. (laughs) Shout out to this show that's showing an accurate portrayal of what kind of decisions we make as young black adults today. Shout out to this show that just makes a lot of things that a lot of people trip about normal and gets to the, the, the relationship amongst the characters and the, the foundation between the threads that connect them. And that's why I really appreciate Boomerang. I'm so excited for the second season. I wouldn't mind hour-long episodes, but you know how that shit go. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of other things that play into that, but I'm proud of them. So shout out and kudos to everybody involved. Congratulations on season two. And my aunt Robin, who I love dearly, told me my ass better start watching American Soul. So I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm going to catch you know up what? on American Soul. I, I always see the little banner for mm-hmm. it, but I haven't clicked it. Did you know that was Naturi Norton's baby daddy that plays Don Cornelius on that show? Who also used to play yes. on Power. Yeah, Dre Son. Sean. Yeah. Oh my God. They got a baby together in real life. Did that you know that? So was it from that scene? Tasha and Sean. They probably got, she probably got pregnant at Escalade. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. Was it no, from that scene? Didn't. Remember when she used to be pulling that uh, divider down and showing them her areolas uh-huh. and stuff? Oh, she did Look. Shout out to her for using her voice though because she did a, a TV <laughs> one uncensored. Look what she was talking about. She was letting their ass have it. She told the truth about the KFC story, which we all know the legendary 3 of and so she talked about how Lil Kim wasn't necessarily the most receptive of her portraying her in the Notorious film, how that affected her. What I like the most about Naturi's Uncensored, which I guess this is an appropriate time to discuss yeah, it because it came on time. TV. But what I like most about that was the um, contributions that her parents made to that special. Because the Turi, the one thing she had throughout her whole career, remember she started young in 3LW. Mm-hmm. Her parents had her back and they really, really made sure that she was affirmed and supported throughout her journey as an entertainer. We didn't, I don't, I don't know how I didn't know this or didn't, I guess I wasn't paying attention to this at the time, but back when she um, disbanded from 3LW, she went on to be on Broadway. She was in Hairspray for three years on Broadway while she was deciding to like take her acting career, you know, make that the focus of her career, her acting, um, her, her being an actor, you know, that was what she decided to do at that point. And she transitioned. I remember she had done the Playboy Club on, um, 
NBC. Uh, on NBC, yeah. that drama that it got canceled, but yeah. she was great on that show. She was. She's done a lot of things. I remember so that. shout out to Naturi. <laughs> and um, like I said, Tasha on Power, Power itself is something that has become iconic culturally to us. And it's going to be one of those shows that we talk about, whether you watched it or not, it's going to be one of those shows that, that the black community talks about forever mm-hmm. because it was such a big deal to so many of us. And she's always going to be Tasha from Power. So Naturi, she's has, she's done one of the things that I would like to do, which is create a character that a character, excuse me, that's going to be iconic to the black culture and talked about forever. So shout out to Naturi for that. Um, The only other thing I want to talk about briefly is the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. Part two came on more of the same Um, honorable mention and highlights go to Tanya Sam, friend of the show who came on that reunion and handled our business. And also a secondary shout out goes to her jewels. Did you see that necklace on? Shining, 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 shining. Friend, you know, I don't really trip about stuff, but when I tell you this diamond necklace that homegirl had on was literally stunning and she had her hair pulled going straight to the back. It was down and kind of wavy, but it was all pulled back off her face. And she had on this beautiful diamond drop necklace, like friend, it just, you just, as soon as you saw it, you know, like, oh, Van Cleef and Arpels, got it. Like, it's just beautiful. But shout out to her. Um, all the ladies, I love the fact that they were vocal and upfront, and I did not feel like they ganged up on Nene. Um, I felt like they all just had issues that they chose to address. And because Nene decided to be so non-reactive and, not, and really not participate in the conversation, it vilified her. And the the way that that the way that that actually worked against her was because was why am I tongue tied? Like the me. way that that worked against her was because we had seen her have so much bad behavior through the season. So that coupled with her being nonchalant, you know, um, standoffish, kind super condescending, super passive aggressive, it just was not a good mix. This isn't the first time Nene's done this. She did this in season six when she first fell out with Cynthia. Surprisingly, about quote unquote quote Peter being in women's business fast forward five years later to season 11 and Nene's husband Greg who's battling cancer that was so severe and now we can actually celebrate him being cancer free we know he just completed a six month chemotherapy bout so shout out to Greg but that ain't got nothing to do with what I'm about to say next Nene started all that shit with Cynthia saying her husband was quote unquote in women's business called Peter a bitch and it was a rift in their friendship that caused about a two year split it's funny to me that now that you've decided to be mad at Cynthia again it's now okay for Greg to make whole posts okay as he's fighting for his life he's making whole posts about how he's on his wife's side and what Cynthia did was so wrong and quote unquote getting in women's business my oh my how the tables have turned and ain't nobody said a damn thing to her about it now if Cynthia come out and call Greg leaks a bitch right now who gonna be wrong but Nene did that and tried to justify it to the crowd. There's just so many contradictions. Um, and I'm not even going to spend this being negative because I really could wear Nene's ass out. But I've decided I'm going to wait and do that next week on part three <laughs> after her and Cynthia have their conversation. Part three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's three weeks three reunions. parts. Ugh. Yeah. Sometimes the third one ain't really worth watching, but well, I think I'm going to catch it this time. This yeah. season it could have been two, but yeah. whatever. They got to move. Okay, it. there's not like a picture, but I really do want you to see. Like You yeah. see these jewels? Oh, yeah. It was gorgeous, friend. Yeah. You should have seen you it under those TV cameras yes. and lights. It literally looked like it was wet. I was trying to find a picture on her Instagram, but her Instagram was so regular. I, like, she knows she's a tech girl. She's a Silicon I, Valley I see. girl. I was looking. I was going yeah. through the portfolio. She's like okay, a tech man. guru. So shout out to Tanya Sam. She was a great addition, and she should have held that peach instead of old... Um, 
Shaq Shamari, because that's what she was like. It's like the wind gonna blow and she's just gonna fall down. It was just horrible. She contributed nothing of value to this show. She got on my motherfucking nerves. And ultimately, they every see every episode she was in, she didn't even know how to play that right. And, and I'm gonna tell you this because I was trying not to be negative. But go I can't ahead, help go it. ahead. When the reunion go part one go. came on and they showed Ronnie DeVoe in her dressing room, they did exactly what has has driven me crazy about them all season, which is a bunch of of empty talk about nothingness to fill the space. They're filming the reunion at the um, Biltmore Ballroom or whatever in Atlanta. Hotel Biltmore, I Biltmore guess. Hotel. Ball, Biltmore Hotel yeah. Ballroom in Atlanta. And they go into the uh, space. Everybody knows when these reunion episodes come on, they show all of the um, cast members getting ready in the back with doing their makeup and prepping for the long reunion shoot that's about to take place. They go back there and show Shamari's nothing having to say ass getting ready. And what does Ronnie DeVoe, what does he do? Comes back there. Wow, babe. Oh, my God. This is where we got married. This is where we got married at, babe. Wow. And what does Shamari say? Yeah, you know, I just I just come in here and just feel so. You ain't thinking about the fact that this is where you got married. You don't feel shit about that because your ass was probably drunk at the reception any motherfucking way. You have nothing to talk about. And you think that we're going to be interested in y'all reflecting on the fact that this is where y'all got married. You know they doing okay. a married for life walk. Did you see that in the nope. credits on the finale? Nope, Her and Ronnie are planning a married for life walk in Atlanta. What are y'all walking to? T- what? What's the point? People do cancer walks and, you know, American heart disease walks and they raise money for causes that they can impact some sort of change on what y'all gonna do at the married for life walk why are you why do you want us to know you married that bad (laughs) i don't give a fuck about y'all's relationship at all his mama don't even care so i just (laughs) shamari has driven me crazy and i'm very glad that this season is over she said, friend. <laughs> oh, my God. She said on national television, his mom. Now, you know, Ronnie DeVoe was in New Edition. Yeah. B, so you understand the age range, right? So his mom. So he's basically in his 40s, late 40s, probably. His mom has to be. She's an older black woman. Shamari sits on television and talks to his mom about the fact that they were having problems and decided to have an open marriage. Um, but you know, that was just what they were doing at the time. And she could only date women. Black people don't talk to old people about shit like that. No. She don't even know what an open marriage, what the fuck is an open marriage right. to a, to a 70 year old black woman? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, so, so that, that's what I mean. Like about, she was doing that to force a scene. Like we were going to enjoy that. We didn't enjoy, it was cringeworthy. Yep. Yeah. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I just. The, the the putting on for all the scenes, I, I've just peaked. I've reached my limit. I've been reached my limit. And the only reason I didn't wear her ass out every week on this show is because she knew one of my friends in real life. And I gave her a chance, like, maybe, you know, I'll see something or whatever. Because they kept telling me, I'm telling you, Dustin, she's Aww. really cool or whatever. So I was nice. but And for, for naught. For nothing. That's all I got to say. Can you tell a friend um, what type of dress she had on? Yeah, um, House of Falenciago. Stop which, it. which, no, that was the name of it. And now I want to say this. So that this is what, what I it mean was. About her being stupid, though. Oh, I was about she to should say, have known that is mouth. what it was. Oh, okay. But this is what I mean. She should have been able to deduce a reason that okay, this is a label that people don't really know. That's not very popular. A lot of people don't know about it. Great clothing, nothing against the pieces, but nobody knows this. So when you're in a conversation of insults going back and forth, and someone challenges your fashion stance or whatever you want to call it, you wouldn't then respond by saying, this is House of Valenciago. You can Google that. You're playing yourself, mama. 
because what you're doing is literally bringing to life everything that they're saying about you. We don't know what the fuck that is. So why would you say that? Now you look even more of a fool. Wait, is that really what it's called? Yes. Oh, and I the thing he is, was making fun. Exactly. Do you <laughs> look, see what I'm saying? And I'm the thing, all she, all she had to say was, excuse me, this is a couture piece, okay, from a designer that was made for me for this show. Yeah. You know, we don't know. That's something that we would have been like, okay, well, can we change it or not? Whatever. She could have got a little bit more traction, but you ended up bringing all this attention to this man and not in a good way, in a way where people go to now look at his work or see his brand to see what it's about. They're immediately judging it because you have nothing else to say. And you don't know how to do what you literally get paid to do, which is defend yourself verbally amongst this group. I can't take anymore as a fan of the show. It's a lot of words for a little bit of substance, but I need to keep your blood pressure up for just another moment. Okay, this is it. No, uh, I'm not married don't to medicine. Say, don't push me. Married to medicine, LA. Yeah, okay. because I ju- I'm not all the way caught up, but I well, just then caught. Why are we talking well, about because got- I just caught last week's episode with the uh, the psychic, mm-hmm. and I was catching part inside. So you didn't talk about that. You should have talked about that psychic. Yeah. I mean, not a sound a psychic. She was a sound healer. She was slash an intuitive. An intuitive. Didn't she say intuit? Is it in, I'm an intuitive She's intuitive That's so what it is Do you say I'm an, in, an intuit mm-hmm. That's so, what she said Okay <laughs> She said I'm an intuit And then they got into it So I was <laughs> yes. like Damn Because but she was the girls like, give her up. no chance it, See We're just jumping in the middle oh, so but that's we'll what wait. it takes For Dustin to get into the hip No cause you see He about to skirt around it oh, okay. I, I watched it And I listened friend and she was she everything she said it was so funny because I believe Dr. Noel if you watch the show you know we're talking about for the sake of time I'm not going to offer context I'm just going to talk about what's going on and next week because the season finale is next week we and hopefully yes. you'll be caught uh, up yeah, by I next will be week, caught up Absolutely. so we can take a deep dive yes. in the series next week All right. um, but All Dr. Right. Noel I will say this Dr. Noel was sincere um, in her efforts I do not believe she debriefed the intuit I believe that everything we saw was real and and it's funny because Jasmine, who's not one of my favorites, and Shanique, who's also not one of my favorites, were two of the people who didn't have the best, you know, luck with the mm-hmm. intuit. I just think it's really telling. <laughs> but Dr. Britton really didn't either, I feel but like. But Dr. Britton, that was just a case of two personalities that just didn't work. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because she found, like, negative things or she was sensing bad energy or whatever. It just didn't. Right. That just wasn't the person for Dr. Britton. Right. Dr. Britton is pretty level. Well, we'll save that for next week. I love Right. Dr. No, because you're right. Because, yeah. You I feel would, me? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just, I know that that was just that, as opposed to Jasmine, who was like, I'm not telling you my, uh, <laughs> and now I have a love-hate relationship with Jasmine. I hate right. everything about her. Right. But, but I like the fact that she just <laughs> will not take no shit, friend. Yes. Like, just Same. period like I see that with her mama next to her Even, she don't yeah, give a with, damn the, like she's just Dr. like Armani I'm not apologized to her. Yeah, I'm not she was like for you I'm to not. say that like that and I you know <laughs> but but she's still not I don't like her on yeah. the show and shout out to my boo Mandy from uh, Horrible Decisions her hey. and I discuss this every day basically oh, I thought you were gonna say she was on there no was she like, might we both might as well be according okay. to our text messages cause Ooh. we talk about this show literally every day almost that is so funny um, yeah it's not that's our thing so shout out to my girl Mandy that's do I gotta say anything else about these damn shows yes no I'm just playing <laughs> Okay, that's it. Low key, oh, they're gonna be happy today. Look, look, so be ready next week. We're gonna talk about the Married to Medicine. I mean, uh, Married the- to Medicine LA. Do your research, do your homework. Watch Married to Medicine LA. It's only what six, seven episodes. Yeah, and I'm gonna make you bring back uh, Family or Finance. Family or fiance. Family or fiance. And I always, I just do it literally every time I, I say like, it. But it's the same show. Right, so. right. 
I've watched some of them episodes. Family is and it or is it not? Patty LaBelle, Baby. bitch. Remember that lady called that lady Patty LaBelle? <laughs> <laughs> I sent that shit to Fury. I sent Fury the clips from the show. He was like, oh, I am watching. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. The way it happened. We'll get to that next. So next week, we'll do friend. Married to Medicine. No, don't look at me. No, friend. Oh, you I'm, better, no, if friend. you watch it, you're no, going to be hooked. Listen, I'm telling you now. Listen, listen, listen. Because, friend, it starts off with, like, Tracy McMillan, like, sitting down with the couple and, you know, them mapping out what the, the few days are going to look like. And then it's like they get in the house, the couple, and then they get their families together. Three members of each couple, <laughs> each person in the couple, three members from each side of their family so come and join them in a house for three days. Oh, no, I saw the one episode. Okay, so, so yeah, you so, know, so you get it. So you got you got to go. they have the locks. You got to keep going. There's some, yeah, because that, okay, so yes, that was a good one. You got to keep going, friend. I there, couldn't. No, you have to, friend. It just was like, okay. <laughs> this, this here has been, I have thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this. And I'm going to tell you the difference. The people that they're put, the pool that they're getting these guests from, not the pool. it's not people who want careers in reality TV. You know what I'm saying? They just want to be on TV for the show. And there's a level of authenticity. Shout out to uh, Shar Seso because she yes. worked on the casting for that Shar. show. And that's why it's so good because she pulled people who their authenticity was just, it's just what makes it good. We'll talk about it next week. Amazing. Sorry. All right. That's it for TV land. Sounds like we got Fran getting back on the boat now. We get it back on the boat. Now we're going to move on to This is a Story. Dustin Ross, This is a Story. That's right. We've made it to episode 14. Thank y'all for rocking and rolling with me. 14 weeks. Yeah. We having a baby, (laughs) y'all. We finna be able to know what it is. Okay. Oh, my God. So. Y'all already remember what happened last week. This ain't no recap because no, I don't do recap. that. But y'all remember last week they was about, they was about to start the fight. Previously on okay. This is a Story. <laughs> Episode 14, five minutes earlier. As Ron laid on the satin sheets of Katie's bed, he stared at the tray ceiling in her bedroom and realized that he had never felt more empowered in his entire life. As he and Katie basked in the afterglow of their fourth round of passionate lovemaking, Ron understood that he had crossed a line that he could not revisit. He had broken through to a whole new existence of independence and his initiation of physical pleasure truly reflected the release from his old life. He leaned down and kissed Katie's forehead, which had just enough sweat on it to light her brown skin aglow. She responded by wrapping her left hand around his still rigid penis. And as she began to raise her left thigh up against his leg, their start at round five was interrupted by the incessant ringing of the doorbell. Katie jumped and she looked at Ron, who strangely laid still. What the hell is all that Katie could say before the doorbell ringing became the door being beaten on. As soon as Katie was about to ask Ron why he wasn't moving, the screaming started. At that point, there was no need to ask why he wasn't moving. His his wife was outside trying to beat her front door out of the frame. Open this damn door and face me. They both heard Mia screaming from outside. Face her, Katie whispered to Ron before she realized that she was whispering in her own damn house. Her (laughs) voice grew louder as she questioned him. Why is she saying to face her? You told me that you guys were done. We are done. That's why she's here and she only knows I'm here because of Sade. Ron quickly replied. What? The baby gonna drive over here? 
You done gave this bitch my address, Ron? My neighbors are going to call the police. You got to stop her ass now. Katie began to get up and put on her robe. Wait, Ron started. But before he could finish, Katie was in her robe and going toward the bedroom door. Mm. She doesn't know you live here. She doesn't know about us, Ron said as he threw on his shorts and attempted to follow Katie and stop her. But Katie never heard any of those words. She was too far gone at that point, and the screams from Mia outside were too loud. As far as she knew, this woman had intentionally traveled to her home and disturbed her peace. And that was all it took for Katie to begin rectifying this situation herself. As Ron descended the the staircase to try and stop her, Katie opened the front door and Mia's screaming was replaced by the scuffle sounds and loud bumps of the fist fight that commenced Mm. from the porch to the foyer to the hallway that led to her kitchen. Mm. Katie gave Mia an unofficial tour of the first level of her home Mm. as they fought all over the place. (laughs) Ron did his best to get in between the ladies, but they were both two things, athletic and determined. He used his words as best he could to stop the fight, and eventually the brawl became a vicious crawl on the floor. Names were called. Insults were slung. Vases were broken. As Ron lowered himself to the floor to plead with the ladies and get them apart, one sound brought all three of them to a halt. Ron, Mia, Katie. They all stopped and turned their heads toward the gunshot that they heard that brought the foyer chandelier crashing down to the marble floor. Broken crystals scattered everywhere, and they all looked up to see who was holding the gun. All of y'all stop. Now. The sound of Tony's voice fell louder than the gun he shot in the first place. Mm. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next week for episode 15 of This is a Story and episode. This number. Of the Friend Zone. <laughs> Thank you so much. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. 